to Stor well, oh, mm -hmm. hello and welcome Story Squires. <laughs> I'm just gonna just just overwrite that. Yeah. We're not. I mean, you won't edit it, so it's just coming I out like it is, right? I mean, I gotta make myself look good somehow, and usually that's by just leaving your mistakes in. Thanks. So. Thanks. <laughs> you sounded um, so surprised that the show was starting. <laughs> he's the one who starts it, and he's like, "Oh shit." Hello, and welcome, Story Squires, to the podcast that answers all the big questions. Can three white guys approaching 40 add anything to society? How many no. dick jokes in a story are too many? And why doesn't Rich properly plan his intros and outros better? <laughs> Dude, you do way more than we ever do. True. You write this down, and like I'm always like, man, Rich like, comes up with an intro. I would just be like, hey, it's the show. Fuck it. That's pretty much what I do down. on M class. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah, I write but... it down, and then sometimes I fuck it up and then ad lib the end, which is what I, mean, I did you guys this time. You guys wouldn't even, they don't even want to know what it would be like if I did it. I think I'd maybe like, we should okay, do that. start. We should do that for an April Fool's episode. <laughs> the, All right, everyone read your stories. <laughs> the entire April Fool's bit is that Josh intros the show. Yeah, yeah. We're lazy. It would, it would make sense. Look, by the time we finish writing, we have no jokes left in our system. That's so, so true. And then we have it. to record a show. Yeah. I have no jokes, no cum. You like uh, shriveled old mannequin. Welcome to Story you, What is with you in the <laughs> What is with you in the, the, the seminal movie mannequin? I don't know. He's it's a thing in now. love with this movie. I, d I haven't watched you won't it since shut up about talked it. about it. Uh, I don't think I've seen the film for about 15 years. <laughs> We should watch it. We sh well, we'll watch it for Jeff and Josh talk over movies, and you can watch it because I haven't seen it since the eighties, like literally. Yeah, we that may be, be referencing good. a movie that's just rife with racism and sexism. I don't remember. I don't. I have no memory. I know she's a mannequin, and then she loves the guy. Yeah, well, I watched. Uh, yeah. I watched House Party the other day, and boy, are they homophobic in that movie. Man, back in like ninety one, you could say the f like. Oh, I they mean, did. Was... There's like eight, nine, <laughs> ten times in that movie they bust yeah. that word out. I mean, Bill and Ted, they throw it once, and you're like, oh, okay, all right. Come I on, mean, Bill and Ted. It's, you're better it's than this. Yeah. They throw it out in The Hangover. That's how, uh, that's how oh, late really? that word oh. was deemed acceptable, Jesus. right? Um, yeah. Yeah, Spivsy and I'm I sure play this game. There are still movies coming out with it in it, honestly. Probably. Spivsy and I have to I think... play this game every time we do a Toon Hounds episode because it's like I'm not I'm not pre-watching this. Let's watch an old cartoon from the fifties. Yeah, I know from a lot of experience, like Tom and Jerry, they were throwing that hard F around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember when Tom <laughs> just? <laughs> I think he might be talking about blackface on this one. Remember yeah. when Tom would just point at at Jerry and call him the F word? Hard, you hard R, hard F. Yeah, hard R, hard effing. Yeah, he, crazy. the only times he ever spoke were when he did Is You Is or Is You Ain't My Baby or yeah. when he mm -hmm. slung a horrid slur for no yeah. reason yeah. at yeah. a mouse. And then, and then like, a, a sound effect would go... <laughs> like the weird Chuck Jones ones, you know? Boy, he, he fell off. He did. There, people will argue me to death that Chuck Jones is, like, the greatest forever, but God, no. he fell mm -hmm. off. No, no, no. Those no. Tom and Jerry ones are... They're yeah. so they're fucking fever dream. Well, he yeah. fell off and then he fell back on because then he did Dr. Seuss stuff yeah. and it fit perfectly. <laughs> he needed to have that. He needed to find a vehicle that could cope with his obvious mental issues. 
I mean, that's what it was, Motherfucker right? looks like Colonel Sanders. There's something wrong with yeah. it. Speaking of which, welcome to Story. <laughs> that's, the, that's the intro. Uh, the comedy fiction podcast with two prompts, three stories, and infinite laughs. I'm Rich Masters, and with me as always are my co-hosts, Jeff. Hey. And Josh. Race car! Yeah! Uh, this week, our prompts were fungi and cowboys or cowboys and fungi whichever way we said it last time i don't give a F- shit anymore fungi, fungi. <laughs> yeah fungi 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 fungus mushrooms fungus. it was uh, cowboys and fungus yeah there you go it's fungus so uh, it's like that yeah. old saying goes together like cowboys and fungus <laughs> and uh i'm first this week and i again finished my story about 10 minutes before we started recording are you trying to make me look bad uh i started it really <laughs> like the day after we finished recording last time wrote a yeah. page and a half and then forgot all about it for two weeks <laughs> well that's the uh somebody made a joke in the discord and i wish i remembered who it was that like they sh- we should do a documentary like two weeks in the making <laughs> yeah. of an episode where rich plucks away at his at, like a little bit at a time <laughs> I do mine one random fucking weekend night yeah. and then never look at it again. And Josh does his the night before at 1 a.m. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dude, it's college rules, baby. Night before. I did mine the night before at 1 a.m. this time. So I did bits of mine at 1 a.m., but not but not all of it. I can't I can't do that. I can't like walk away and I probably I can't should. either. I have to be finish. Yeah. I have to, <laughs> I have to I, come to completion. Look, I gotta get my nut. I'm a, yeah. I'm a tantric storyteller, so uh, I can... over here. <laughs> I am a premature storyteller. <laughs> I just ejaculate the story. <laughs> Line up round the block, please. <laughs> um, I'm going first this week, and my story is called The Good, The Bad, and The Fungi. <laughs> oh my god, he fucking did it. He fucking I, did it. I would like the show to be over now. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Please donate to Patreon. It's worth it. (laughs) For more titles like that, you have to. Yeah. My dearest Samuel, life continues to be hard as a stud's dick on his wedding night in Wyoming on the year of our Lord, 1846, in this mining town called Fiddler's Bean, in which we reside. Fiddler's Bean. (laughs) We need a Welcome to Fiddler's Bean (laughs) t-shirt. Yes. Fiddler's Bean is for lovers. I know you already know all of this on account of you being my husband, Noel, but I felt the need to set the narrative scene in case others were to read this missive or create some sort of widely consumed, rootin' tootin'ly popular comedy narrative that you could pay $5 to to become a patron of. Oh my god. This feels integrating. This feels prescient somehow. <laughs> I hope that your business trip selling your patented droopy dong tonic is going well. <laughs> Does that fix the droopy dong or give you the droopy dong? Yes. Oh, man, I don't know what this guy's business model is. <laughs> Snake oil. With enough monies to send little Jessie to the doctor on account of her rat lung from huffing the binding glue from our family Bible. <laughs> <laughs> She she has been coughing up a storm, and to be honest, it is getting to be a mite irritating. <laughs> yeah, sell her. Get rid of her. 
old old lady Hayward told me a funny story that she got to thinking she caught a glimpse of you outside the velvet clam, liquor in the front, poker in the rear. <laughs> oh my god. What? I have to go after this? <laughs> all right. All right. Calm down on your brilliance, all right? When she went a-calling on her Aunt Ethel in the big city, I said that there was no way on God's yellow, dusty earth that it could be you. <laughs> yellow, dusty, flat earth. Spending our savings on ale and tail when we have debts past due and with little Jimmy needing the doctor on account of that case of blindness from touching himself when he thinks Jesus isn't watching. Damn, Jimmy. <laughs> on unrelated news, I have spoken with Mr. Bill Dollar from the bank. That is such a stupid fucking joke. Wow, you fucking pulled that out. <laughs> And made a large addition to our insurance policy because if you have gone whoring when little Fido is in need of the dog doctor on account of his being run over by chasing a pony express wagon, I will, <laughs> I will strike you down with every ounce of pure red-haired scorn I can muster. That's I, for me. I'll be writing for something different, though. It's been an interesting few weeks in Fiddler's Bean. You need to come home now. The man has done collapsed, and most of the menfolk have done what they have been doing all their lives, being drunk, useless, and dying. There's nice. less than five swinging dicks in town now, and for once we be needing them. Some weird noises be coming out of the mine shaft, worse than a cow rustler after five nights of being surprised. <laughs> I am incredibly interested how you're going to weave this into your Omniverse narrative. <laughs> Uh, I'm impressed with how accurate Rich knows our history. Yeah, this is the this is the United States now. It's what it sounds like. Damn, we uh, really are the same. Uh, uh, Miss Miss Lily, a voice interrupted her, and she dropped it. Drop dropped it. Drops it. Mm-hmm. I just invented mm-hmm. a new word. Dropped her pen. <clears throat> Lily grabbed the cumbersome rifle resting at her leg and spun around. Jesus, Flav, don't be creeping up on a woman like that. I done had two kids, and I got a bladder full of coffee. It only takes a horse's whinny to make me let out a little liquid gold. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we had a fart joke, a piss joke. Where's the number? Then we All we need is poop at number three, we're and defi- then we got the quadfecta. We'll definitely get him at some point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She stood to find the town sheriff, Fleb Bartlesby, a man who won the right to be the elected law official in the town through being bottom in standardised testing and a failure in the pull-out contraception method. Wow. <laughs> Fleb? Fleb Bartlesby. Uh, which is how I imagine police make their appointments to this very day. <laughs> True. Hol- Fuck em. Holding a lantern in the doorway. Uh, Miss, <laughs> M- Miss Lily, I-, I know it's awful late and my face is awful ugly, Fleb wasn't exaggerating. He looked like a science experiment trying to combine an inbred hick with some sort of traffic accident. <laughs> His this is accurate. This is what they look like today. <laughs> his protuberant nose looked like a wart on a mule's ass, and his giant jug handle ears made his head resemble a trophy for the world's loneliest brain cell. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. But, but there's some st- hubbub at the saloon. One of the miners has walked into town and he's covered in in this stuff. The bottom of the barrel saloon was jam-packed, as it always was in this small, podunk township. 
The six of them sat in the corner of the room to the side of the piano, and while you'd probably think the rest of the saloon-goers would have been giving them side-eyed stares and spitting at the sight of them, the other patrons barely paid them any mind. Kellen had told the residents of Fiddler's <gasps> Bean they what were the attracted... <laughs> they were a travelling circus on holiday from the fair, and these kind-hearted and dim-brained people had bought it. All apart... There's a giant lizard man! <laughs> <laughs> There's a robot. robots. Well, one robot and one human. All apart... Yeah, definitely human. <laughs> all apart from Lily Mayweather, the owner of the rundown general store, the High Noon Eleven, who seemed to be oh, the geez. only person... Oh, <laughs> who seemed to be the only person with two brain cells to rub together. She was rightly suspicious of all of them and always had the, held the skinning knife she wore at her waist whenever she was in the same room as one of them. Five of them sat around the table as Hallgren played the piano with gusto. Well, what he was actually doing was pretending, pretending to play whilst pumping out music for his internal speaker system. <laughs> tonight, That's amazing. Tonight was the 1993 seminal classic Enter the Wu-Tang, which the patrons really didn't understand. <laughs> Can you imagine like, having people listen to that? They'd be like, their head would explode. Yeah. Look, you might not like it, but your great-great-great-great-grandchildren <laughs> are going to love it. You're not ready for it. <laughs> Oryx went over and whispered to him, and he sighed loudly before starting to play the plinky-plonky bullshit they were accustomed to. <laughs> Fucking, they haven't even made the entertainer yet. Music has not even <laughs> happened. Well, this place is certainly not cliched in any way, said Asha as she sat down and pushed a bottle of brown liquid and five shot glasses towards the centre of the table. The hood of her reapskins was covered by a wide-brimmed hat. Drink up quick, people. <laughs> Ding? <laughs> Drink up quick, people. We need to be on the move by midnight. Why no glass for Humi, y'all? Humi protested with raised arms. <laughs> God damn it. Dressed in a long poncho, a Mexican hat, and a drawn-on curly moustache which had smudged off in places. <laughs> is, is this because y'all think I'm a robot again? They had been in this reality for two in the timeline for two weeks now, and Humi had resolved to use y'all wherever possible. <laughs> Yours. He's the reason why people say y'all. <laughs> He's like the originator of it. Yours are loco. Y'all. <laughs> My favorite character, everybody. God damn it. Humi spinoff when? <laughs> Florgo pushed his shot glass towards Humi with a smile. You, oh my you can, god. You can have I mine. I forgot Hume. Forgo existed. <laughs> <laughs> you can have mine, Hume. I'm not I'm not much of a drinker. I'm more a hard drug user, he said the last bit under his breath. <laughs> Respect. Hume huffed in a sulk, folding his arms across his chest. Well, I don't want any now. <laughs> Damn. Oryx was standing at the piano, morose, until Horgrim gave him a nudge. What's up with you, purse puss? You've been grumpy for four days now. This subterfuge grows heavy on my soul, Oryx growled. To pretend we are travelling circus freaks, it is insulting to my heritage. <laughs> but what's the alternative? Holgrim shrugged. We've got the human crocodile, the lady of knives, the automaton, the metal mannequin, the mystic, which, by the way, seems slightly racist, Florgo, but you suggested it for yourself, so I'm not going to push anything. <laughs> and, 
and Kellen, the big doll dud promoter, who is the only one of us that passes in this old earth mess we find ourselves in. <laughs> Kellen sat watching the door, expecting trouble. She had been on edge ever since they had arrived here, and the opening of the portal had temporarily drained her of the strength to open another. They were stuck here until she could muster the energy. There's nothing coming. They're not following, Asha said over her drink. You keep watching that door. You're going to make something happen. They'll come. I know it, Kellen muttered, pushing her drink away. She hadn't eaten or drank much of anything in days, and the large black bags under her eyes showed it. She wondered if Parth... What's there to eat over there? Oh, beans and stew. Beans. Grits. Ew. (laughs) She wondered if part of the reason she couldn't open a portal was because she didn't know what to do next. The pillars may not be able to open portals as well as me, but they'll come. I'm struggling, Asher. I I, I don't know what to do. I needed Raph to... The group fell silent and lowered their eyes. They had been talk- they'd talked at length over what their coming here had meant for their old worlds and lives. Though Raph had told them all that things would be okay, that she would stay and protect everyone, they had heard her death cries as the portal closed and the machines of their enemies tore her apart. Kellen was now the only her left, and weirdly, that made her feel more lonely. We, we can only do our best. I, I imagine that's all she did. We need to stop worrying about predestination and... And just make the right choices in terms of morality and not destiny. And not eating or drinking isn't going to do you much good, Florgo said, as he pushed one of the th- bowls of thick brown chilli. See, Josh, Americans like brown food too. <laughs> <laughs> I would say if your chilli is brown, do not eat it. It should have some red. It should maroon. be pretty red, actually. Yeah, It's a brownish. It's brownish. It's brown on the brain. It's brownish. You're- you're fucking. You're just browned up from all like the brown you eat. Rich looks over like, let me get that brown. Is that brown? You got any brown? I was drooling as I wrote brown chili. Um, <laughs> he had ordered from the bar towards her. Florgo had been a revelation to the group and fit in though as though he had always been there, keeping their spirits high and their focus on task. He was always so calm and collected, even though they had dragged him here without asking permission. In Kellen's experience, someone that perfect would, re- would reveal themselves to secretly be pissing in their shoes whilst they slept, or whispering lovingly to a knife under the bedsheets. She didn't trust What's him. What's wrong with any of this? <laughs> she didn't trust him. And yeah, where's the problem? <laughs> continued to you watch him like a knife hawk. To sleep? No, I don't. I don't. You don't piss your shoes to sleep? <laughs> She didn't trust. Go after this, fuck. <laughs> she didn't trust him and continued to watch him like a hawk. Humey put a hand to Kellen's shoulder and got uncomfortably close to her, putting his big metal smiling face into hers. Asher is right. The statistical probability of something else coming for us in this era is 305,477 to... The saloon doors burst open and Hallgrim stopped playing. A malformed figure stood silhouetted against the lightning and cliché-filled sky. (laughs) (laughs) Writing... 305,477, Humey finished sheepishly. <laughs> the man was covered in mushrooms that protruded from his mouth, his eyes, Ding. under his fingernails, that tore holes in his dungarees and filled the deep wounds in his torso and legs. Like, seriously, this guy had more fungus on him than your mother after her regular keys in a bowl Christmas potluck party. 
Oh my god. That that was both genius and insulting. Congratulations. <laughs> I hate how true that is. Marpiano. He pointed at Holgrim and shuffled forward. Oh god, it's Frederick, the piano player, one woman shouted over the hubbub of the bar. Look, look, mate, if you don't like my music, maybe you should suggest something better. The Monster Mash, perhaps? <laughs> oh, got him. He doesn't even get that reference. <laughs> Dead Frederick lunged for Holgrim and grabbed him around the neck, forcing him off the stool to the floor. You took my life, he slurred, a mouthful of fungus making the words sound muffled. Sorry, mate, don't know it. Holgrim lifted his foot. <laughs> going to say... And used it to push the man off of him, as Florgo grabbed him and hurled him back towards the door. As soon as he hit the wooden boards, he was already getting to his feet again, pointing at the piano. I want my life back. Fungus started wrapping itself around Holgrim's neck, choking him as as it tried to move towards his mouth. Florgo pulled the glowing mushrooms away with his gauntleted hands, then threw them in the fire, where they seemed to scream as they popped. Ew! Are you okay? Florgo asked as he helped Holgrim to his feet. Holgrim scoffed. Choking and forcing things into my mouth? I've had rougher first dates. Yeah, boy! Oh, a sex pervert. Describe <laughs> them. A blast. Wait, hold on. Here comes the race car. Whoa. How, that's, how that's Old qu- West? <laughs> yeah, that's quite anachronistic. <laughs> it's the DeLorean. It's horsepower. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. You're you're too you're too good. <laughs> Tone it down a bit, champ. A blast took Frederick's foot clean off, and he howled in ungodly pain. A howl that was more painful to the ears than having to hear Mariah Carey warble about Christmas for the hundred and forty fifth fucking time, and it's only the sixth of December. You know, I haven't heard that yet. I have. I have. It's the fifth. Is it the sixth of December? It it's doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not. They're not going to hear it on the day. It's the fifth. Over him, standing in the doorway, Lily Mayweather stood with her rifle smoking in the doorway. Beside her, the town sheriff fled Bartlesby, shook in fear, before jumping straight on his horse and hightailing it out of town. Lily tutted and shook her head, picking up the sheriff's badge that was still spinning on the floor in cartoon fashion. Nice. <laughs> nice. Stay down, Frederick. We ain't into your particular style of music. You're, y'all, I think I am in love, Yumi said. <laughs> as, Yumi knows. As his eyes rotated in his head, Oryx bent down and brushed the zombie's coat, a thick plume of dust wafting off of it. Question, why is this man covered in rock dust? As a large swell of groaning came from behind her, the customers of the bottom of the barrel looked out over Lily's shoulder from the... Uh, sorry, from Lily's shoulder... From the collapsed mine on the horizon, an army of dead miners were shambling towards the township, towards yes. them. As the women of Fiddler's Bean boarded up windows and doors hurriedly, <laughs> the, other, the others worked to tie up Fred the Dead so that he couldn't harm anyone else. <laughs> Lily crossed the room to point her rifle directly at Kellen. Asher went to her sword at her waist instantly, but Kellen gestured for her to hold on. You did this, Lily May- Mayweather said wearing a face that your dad used to reserve for when you didn't hold the torch straight. Yeah, you know the sort of thing I mean. <laughs> that, 
That means flashlight. Yep. Oh, flashlight, yes. Oh. <laughs> Not like a, like a torch, like a flame thing. I was like, fuck, were we in a cave? Yeah. I don't yeah. remember this. I was like, why are we fixing a car in the cave? He asks, Is it the DeLorean? He asks you to hold the torch stroke flashlight while he works on the engine of the car. He's too cheap to take to a mechanic. And when you're not holding a light source straight for three fucking hours... <laughs> Is that the thing that's stopping him from making the repairs and not his lack of education on the subject? Oh. Oh, big surprise, Dad. Putting your hands on your hips and sighing, then saying, looks like a big job isn't going to fix an engine. But sure, it's my fault for moving a centimetre with a light. Anyway, she was looking like that. A centimetre is like one-tenth of an inch. Yeah, this all sounds... Very relatable and not specific at all. <laughs> what could we have done to precipitate this situation? We've been in this questionable establishment playing the dysentery lottery all evening, Oryx said. <laughs> Amazing. We didn't have any weird fungal zombies before you came into this township, Lily roared. Asher snorted. You also didn't have a single IQ over 80 before we got here. Yup. <laughs> yup, Unless any of those horses out there are Mensa members. <laughs> Kellen held her hands up, trying to channel her mother. Etty was the consummate politician for a general, though her fairness and even temper in wartime hadn't quite translated to parenthood. Kellen didn't quite have the skill set down pat, but if she just tried to think of what her mother would say, what her mother would do, it could work. Look, Lily, we're not your enemy. That man's one of your people, and they attacked one of mine. Who died and made her the boss? Holgrim sulked. Literally, literally, Raph, you moron. Asher hissed. <laughs> yeah, Keep up with the story. <laughs> Go back and read. Kellen sighed. Whatever is happening here is a result of that collapsed mine. You know it and I know it. If you want, we can help you try and sort things out. I think that's why we might be here. Oryx cleared his throat. Gellan, I'm not sure that... No, Oryx. Raph wanted everything shrouded in secrecy, and that was her undoing. We need to be honest with people if we want their help. Lily Mayweather narrowed her eyes at the young girl in front of her. I mean, they weren't far off in age, since life expectancy was so low in Fiddler's Bean. Lily was 20 going on 84, but Kellen felt younger. She's not a grandma yet? (laughs) Just what are you proposing, Lily said. I want my wife and my piano, Fungal Fred wailed, his foot already starting to grow back. It was nearly complete, boot and all. Everyone looked at him, equal mixes of concern and utter disgust on their faces. How did the boot grow back? Yeah, how how is this mushroom making a boot? Mm. Go. What's that all about? (laughs) That was the sound of someone not having an answer. (laughs) That was the sound of uh, a story that is not complete yet. Uh, uh, Guess I got fucking pulled. (laughs) (laughs) Go. The rest of your people can help me defend the town, Lily said. Complete, clearly uncomfortable with the... Oh, I've just ended a sentence there. With the... Mm-hmm. Clearly uncomfortable mm-hmm. with the decision. There we go. That can be the word. 
Let us go find what's bringing these menfolk back to life and save this human domicile like the rooting, tooting desperados we are. (laughs) I love him so much. I love him. Hume put his hands on his hips, then looked suddenly shocked like he'd forgotten something. (laughs) Y'all. Kellen, Holgrim, Florgo and Asher left the way left the back way because apparently mushroom zombies are too stupid to swarm around the saloon and just flopped to the front door. So saddling up, they rode in a large circle to avoid the mushroom men folk and headed to the mine. Uh, I can hear the disgusted riches. <laughs> like he's like, I didn't write this good. Fuck me. Lots of men died in that mine, Florgo said. We've got to be careful. Oh, thanks, mate. Before you said that, I was going to walk in ass backwards and cheek spread. (laughs) As you do. Holgrim was clearly uncomfortable on the horse, bucking around and looking like he was going to fall. Kellen whirled around. Quiet, she hissed. Asher gave the others a look and Florgo shrugged. She rode up to Kellen to find her sister silently weeping. What is the matter? Kellen quickly wiped her face. I'm so fucking angry, Ash. I don't know if I can do this. I don't even know what we're doing here. When I first met Raf, she didn't have clue what she was doing either. She was stupid, idiot, full of emotion and impulse. <laughs> but she still saved my life. Oryxes, Horgrims, countless others. You are raw at what you have temporarily lost. I know. Remember, it takes time to temper a sword but far more time to steal a heart. You get get there, one day at a time. You just have to see the good we're doing. I just hope we are doing good, Kellen said. They rode the rest of the way in silence until they reached the entrance of the mine, which was covered in the fungus. The rocks had been pushed out from the inside, the men digging themselves out of their burial chamber. Holgrim passed around face masks. Fungus can go in the lungs too, you know, he said. Florgo led the way down to the tunnel, carefully not to touch any of the gross pink tendrils that covered the wall. It, it was a very queer, queer eye for the HR Giga guy aesthetic in here. Oh my <laughs> fucking... It's like the fucking final level God. of Contra down here. <laughs> it's so cool looking, he whispered in awe, having never seen anything like it before. I find your optimism equal parts... Charming and throat slitable, Asher said, (laughs) as she chopped one of the low-hanging tendrils. A low, resonant scream came from the tunnel ahead, and the four of them stared at each other. Holgrim nudged Florgo. Go on, Captain Ecstatic. There might be something in there to get a joy boner about. (laughs) This isn't going well, Oryx howled as he punched through the broken window boarding. At a mushroom-headed miner. He had a toadstool growing out of his head where his hair should be, which kind of made him look like a hobo version of Toad from Super Mario Brothers. (laughs) That's for me. (laughs) I mean, the guy already has an Aladdin vibe anyway with the parachute pants and the waistcoat, so maybe Toad is actually a hobo. Who knows? I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, metal man. What in the blue ass hell are you doing over there? 
Lily blasted another two miners as they reached through to grab at the women inside, propagating an awful stereotype of blue-collar manual workers and their attitudes towards women. But hey, if the mushroom cap fits. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I got him. Humi touched his chest, a look of affectation on his face. She called me human. I er uh, mean, why wouldn't she, given my strong, virile masculinity? <laughs> he held up some random pieces of metal he had fabricated using his internal 3D printer. <laughs> because yeah! Like all humans have. Like all humans That's have. so cool. Your rifle seems cumbersome and unsuitable to our mushroom harvesting task. I am developing a six-chamber rotating pistol to help us defend the building. I should have the first four models ready in approximately nine seconds. I am very good with my human hands. My father was a watchmaking machine. Humi, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do not think altering the timeline of warfare would be a demonstrably good idea. Oryx took his eye off the window and was swarmed with mushroom-infested hands that pinned him to the boardings. Taking advantage of the situation, an undead miner reached in to grab one of the women in the saloon as he shouted, My beloved Samantha! <laughs> Before Oryx could... <laughs> These are just... They love their wives! <laughs> just, what's his their wives in their musical instruments bag? Yeah. Before Oryx could reach her, the miner had pulled her through the broken boarding and she had vanished. No! Lily yelled. The arms continued to pull Oryx and his feet raced off the floor. But suddenly a bullet hit an arm holding Oryx, then another and another, until all the arms holding him had been severed with some deft shooting. As Oryx dropped to the floor, he glanced up at Humi, who had split his arms General Grievous style into four separate arms. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> God damn it, he's got Grievous arms? <laughs> Those, those regular human grievous arms. <laughs> Please tell me he spins all four of them. Each, <laughs> each holding a pistol. He yes, independently yes. twirled not his guns, but his entire wrists, then his arms, yes. then his shoulders, yes. and then rotated his head 180 degrees because it turns out he this, didn't really understand how to twirl a gun. <laughs> this is even better than I had hoped. This is the best character you've ever created. Yeah. <laughs> Fastest operating system in the West, he declared. <laughs> <laughs> they took Sam, Lily said, as she took a pistol from Humi and started blasting away. Get these to the other girls, they make more. These mindless beasts aren't stopping. Oryx took Lily's arm. I'm not convinced of their mindless status, Miss Mayweather. Listen. Lily tilted her head to the sound of what they had assumed was low moaning. There were names in there the low moaning a dirge of apologetic laments for lost loves. Come back to me, sweetness, and Amy Lou, I'm sorry. <laughs> God damn it, take him back, Amy Lou. <laughs> I've never heard so many men apologise before. It's more unsettling than the undead rising, Lily smirked. <laughs> <laughs> Literally what's happening. Florgo moved into the open cavern, 50% of his own volition and 50% because Hallgrim was pushing him and calling him Canon Florgo. <laughs> <laughs> the room was covered in the fungus, pink luminescence reflecting off the cavern walls that stretched up as far as he could see. In the tendril stretching from wall to wall hung several dead miners, their bodies torn and broken from the original cave-in. The corpses were being copied, 
remade out of some of some sort of liquid transferred through the transparent tendrils. As Florgo watched, the liquid liquid hardened and became rough approximations of the broken bodies from the fungal growth. One of the it's new a 3D printer. one of the newly cloned miners was lowered to the floor gently by the tendrils, only for him to immediately gain consciousness and shuffle down the tunnel to the surface. My dearest Jenny, he moaned. <laughs> <laughs> Holgrim made a whiplash noise and Asher clipped him around the head. Idiot. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Kellen whispered in awe. In the centre of the room, in amongst the tendrils and the rock, a central mass of fungus pulsed pulsed like a heart. Its rolls of pinky, fleshy fibres undulated and throbbed. It uh, looks like a close-up of Jabba the Hutt's arsehole, Holgrim, Holgrim said with disgust. Is that the the extended edition? <laughs> they know the, about Jabba the Hutt still in the future? The, the distended edition. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. You know it looks like that. Asher stepped forward. It is same stuff that had been filling the miners. This fungus. We need a strong pesticide. Pest, pest, I went very Russian uh, Western there. Pesticide. It's fine. Well, hey there, said a cheery voice. I hope you're not talking about little old me. A face appeared in the mushroom wall. Two eyes that seemed to focus on the group and a mouth that smiled widely through fibrous growth, though fibrous growth took the place of teeth. Uh, Bet you're glad you came along now, eh, mate? Holgrim nudged Florgo. Uh, (laughs) Actually, I didn't ask to Florgo muttered, but was spoken over by (laughs) Kellen. (laughs) What are you? Kellen asked. The fungal entity yawned. I'm just your regular fun guy, so to speak. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a... <laughs> well, I mean, I'm an ancient life form that's been buried in the earth since the last ice age, and you guys brought me up out of my snooze. I do so like sleeping in, but I figured it was high time I got out of the world and said, Hardy ha, name's Fergus. <laughs> kill it, Fergus kill it now. <laughs> Kill it, kill it now, Holgrim said. It's too cheery to live, and anyone who says hi high, it'd be a mercy to put them down. Yep. Asher drew her sword, but Kellen held it her back. What? What's your aim here? Well, there's not much room in here, <laughs> so I oh, want to spread as far and wide as I can. I got a beautiful spread to show off. I'm body positive. <laughs> I, I hate this character. <laughs> This has made all your gains with Humi null. <laughs> We're back yes. to zero, if not in the negative. Yes, zero sum game. Uh, Florgo cleared his throat. W- w- wait, but what about the people of Earth? What about them? I'm bringing the dead back and sending them backs to use. Ain't that enough? Fergus Fungus was getting defensive. The cave walls shaking in response. I, I think what Florgo's trying to say is that the fungal spreading might be incompatible with human existence, Kellen explained. I don't see why. I just send them back and remove some of their more stupid thoughts, like the desire to cheat or steal or be an idiot man in any way. I love an old romance story, so I filled them with love and sent them on their way back to their wives, the fungus said. <laughs> A this ro- is like better than Annihilation. <laughs> I just want to tell you. A romance story from before the last Ice Age? <laughs> Asher put her sword away. So, so they're not zombies. They're just supportive, wholesome husbands. <laughs> Fergus finished. Ke- Kellen smirked. 
this was why they were here. In no history of Earth was there any mention of a mushroom apocalypse. She was here to organise a ceasefire. You want to stretch far and wide, right? I think I might have a solution to that. Be quick, sister. We have to get back before the townies kill themselves trying to defend from lovesick men, Asher announced. Lily blasted two men straight through the faces, then hit another with the butt of her six-shooter. It was almost wish-fulfilment for, from a life of dealing with these cat-calling, hair-brained idiots every day. You don't even have to sneakily kill them. You can just do it outright. <laughs> or it's a beautiful stood, oh, world. he died in his sleep yeah. of a heart attack. <laughs> Oryx stood knee-deep in fungus, creeping through the house, trying to grab the women of the saloon. Humey was printing bullets faster than he could process and was buried in a mountain of shell casings. <clears throat> they, they were losing fast, their barricades destroyed, their resolves failing. They were going to lose. Stop! yelled a voice from the hubbub, and when Lily turned to locate the source, she saw Samantha, who had been dragged away and seemingly eaten an hour ago alive and well in the doorway, holding one of the minor zombies' hands. It's okay, we need to stop firing. Everyone lowered their fabricated guns and the zombies in turn stopped fighting, filing in calmly into the saloon. Lily rushed to the front of the group and grabbed Samantha's hand. Girl, have you gone full on poo-brained? That's not your husband. (laughs) (laughs) But he is my Emmett. Samantha said, hugging the miner, and he's come back better than ever. He spent the last hour apologising for all the terribleness he's ever done, fixed the fence post he always promised to, and then gave me lots of sexual gratification without expecting anything in return. Any (laughs) sexual gratification in 1840 is like a miracle. (laughs) All right, Sam, he's a zombie. He's not one of the heavenly horde, Lily said. (laughs) It's true, I tell you. She looked around the room. Girls, our men have come back to us the way we always wanted them to. They don't care about sports or horses or gambling. They just want to be considerate and kind. Much to Lily's disgust, the ladies around her all ran to find their men, forgetting that they were obviously cloned monstrosities of their former selves. They're better. (laughs) They're better. (laughs) And left to travel home. Kellen and the others marched in as the throng moved out, and Lily made a beeline for the young woman. What the hell have you done? You were supposed to stop them, not make peace. Kellen smiled. For all intents and purposes, those men are the same as they were before. They're just made out of mushrooms now. And this way, we stopped a hideous eldritch fungus lord taking over the entire planet. Oryx cleared his throat. throat) How did you solve this? Asher laughed. The fungus wanted to spread, so we said he should spread out into the water supply. His effects should be very diluted, but over time, maybe in about 500 years or so, men might learn to be normal on their own. Editor's note, they never did. (laughs) Damn! (laughs) They were so full of hope and then he just killed it. The next morning, Lily Mayweather took the travelling freaks to the plains and took their horses back. She looked around at the wild emptiness surrounding them. Are you sure you want me to leave you here? There's nothing around here for miles. We'll find our way, don't worry. Florgo put his hands together in thanks. Uh, by the way, we're going to keep the guns, Lily said. With the mine shut down and the men more interested in, in wooing their wives than work, we'll need something to produce. She looked at Hume, who was trying to twiddle his drawn-on moustache. I'd, I'd like to credit you, stranger. What's your full name, sir? Submetal cunt. Oh. Submetal cunt, Hallgrim said under his breath. 
Kellen hit him in the stomach as Lily looked confused. Samuel Colt. Samuel Colt, said Oryx quickly. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was coming. Genius. I knew it was coming. (laughs) Lily tipped her hat to the group. Well, thank you all. You've done us a service today, and I won't forget it. I was about to finish a letter before you came. Don't think I'll bother now. Who needs a man, eh? Amen, sister, (laughs) shouted Fumi. (laughs) As they watched the new sheriff of Fiddler's Bean ride away. As she crested a ridge five minutes later, Lily looked back to the plains where she had left the band of weirdos, only to see a green-tinged circle close quickly in the air and no sign of the circus freaks. The end. That was Fucking, great. That was so good, Rich. That Holy was shit. great. Also, the only town in the history of the Wild West where women are sexually gratified, Fiddler's <laughs> Bean. It's going to be. It's going to be a boom town. People uh, are going to. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping that uh, Fiddler's Bean would pay off, and <laughs> it, it paid off in a big way. Dude, I need a Fiddler's Bean like fucking shirt so bad right now. <laughs> Welcome Damn. to Fiddler's Bean, but it's a gate, uh, and there's a, a obvious circle at the top, <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like like the gate is like two spread legs. Yeah. Oh man, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a good shirt. <laughs> we're gonna sell ten. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna sell ones. We're gonna sell one. I'm gonna buy it. Ugh. <laughs> That was awesome. That was incredible, man. Like, uh, you had nothing to worry about with that story. Uh, I'm glad. I I don't, because I write it piecemeal like that sometimes. I'm unaware if I've put jokes further up and stuff like that. Um, But I kind of think that sort of pays a dividend a little bit because I just end up putting more jokes in. Pretty much that yeah. entire time, I was thinking, God, I wish I would have put more jokes in my story <laughs> compared to this. I always this. think that when, when you guys read, I'm always like, God damn it. <sighs> Even though my entire existence is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Every I single mean, how word. Much, <laughs> how much more can we go, right? Like, <laughs> uh, I it, So it hasn't helped that I watched Godless again recently on Netflix. Have you guys seen that? No, no. I haven't, but I know what Fantastic. it is. Fantastic. Um, like, yeah, similar story, but I also watched Night of the Living Dead recently, so I was like, yeah, I was, I'm combining both uh, of them. I was getting like a fallouty kind of <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of that. That was good. It was good, though. I loved it. Good. I'm glad you both liked it. I loved oh. it. I liked it more than Jeff did. Just no, I would say I liked it at least uh, $6 more than Josh did. <laughs> I would marry it. I would marry your story. Okay. And flick on. its bean. <laughs> I would fiddle its bean. That's uh, <laughs> just fiddler's bean. Like, the, like, like, they're not even committed to, like, doing the do. It's just, I'm just going to fiddle the bean. Just gonna have to make her pee, you know. I'm glad the uh, Samuel Colt joke paid off because I didn't think it would I sound it. that um, landed quite so right. good. I knew, I I knew it was coming as soon as he started printing them. I was like, his <laughs> there's gonna be some sort of fucking historical reference. I knew, I just could feel it. Well, um, where did I say it was? 1846 was when 40s. Samuel yeah, yeah, Colt yeah. Uh, just started working the uh, working on the pistol. So yeah, you're not too far so you, off. I from, think you mean yeah. some metal cunt. <laughs> yeah, some metal cunt. 
Blah. Right, okay. That's the end of part one, people. Uh, stay tuned and we'll be back with part two. I'd say welcome back, but you never went anywhere. So let's let's not. We know what this is. Welcome They're back, back to Fiddler's Bean. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta find like some fucking old timey ass like <laughs> like player piano music to put in there. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um. So now, as is written in the Book of Blood, it's mm-hmm. Josh's turn. Josh always follows me. It's un- it's unfortunate. That, uh, is that I true? am followed yeah. by Josh, uh, but no. Sometimes you follow Josh. I don't know. No, how how's that true? We've switched places. Ding dong. <laughs> Wait, I when? don't understand. I never follow Josh. If Josh follow... goes first, if then I go, you... first, I suppose I follow him after, him after you. If yeah. you're third, yeah. I follow first. way back though, so people don't know this I'm is... following. You get this to is... go through the bad part with me first, and then you get to go. <laughs> this is astounding podcasting we're doing right now. Well, like, this is every know. episode of our show. <laughs> People yeah. are riveted by the order which we never remember. They're like, tell us more, guys. I don't think we ever record the fact that we don't remember the order. Well, now they no. know. We have recorded that several times. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, fine. Well, it's episode 34, and we still don't know. <laughs> You'd think we'd write it down, but we don't. We don't. I did start writing it down on the website, which is storylords.card.co. Hey! Hey, must be the money! (laughs) Right. If you want to go to our website and see all the information in its tight, go to storylords.card.co. Must be the website. (laughs) That was great. I gotta follow that. Uh, My story this week... (laughs) Just go. I'll do it later. <laughs> My story this week is called Cowboys from Heck. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's like that Pantera song. Yeah. Don't think about that band too much. Yeah, don't look into that Wikipedia article. <laughs> don't look into that imagery too too much. Just forget about it. Uh, the southern regions of Daranos will take your life for just looking at its sandy mama in a comely manner. If waking up in the middle of the night with cotton mouth while getting a sloppy toppy from someone who also has cotton mouth and sandpaper for a tongue and steel wool for tonsils in a geographical region, that would be the southern big D. 
This shit will suck the life out of your peener, and not like your mama did to my peener last night after we smoked an entire pound of Daranosian dank. That bitch knows how to work a sandpaper tongue. It's <laughs> like having a BJ from a cat. Yeah. I imagine. I so I've heard. Uh, let's move on. What happens in the store? Dan chewed on a piece of grass and sucked on what little moisture was left in his mandibles. Spittoon! The sound of his spit hitting the ground. <laughs> the sound of the spit hitting the ground caused his scorpa horse to chitter under him. There, there, Penelope, he said, patting her on the carapace. She vibrated in what I assume bugs do when their tiny three-neuron brains experience what apparently is called happiness? I don't know. I've never experienced anything like that for myself, but I hear it's it's pretty nifty. <laughs> He's Josh has only got a two-neuron brain, so he can't yeah. he can't register happiness. God, I wish, man. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyway, on the horizon, glittering in the heat waves, Dant saw movement. He squinted his giant compound eyes and spit out another gob of whatever ant men have in their mouths. <laughs> Penelope lurched in nervous agitation. Whoa, girl, it's okay. This is what we're here for, remember? Dant said again, patting his multi-legged mount. I don't, I don't. No, I think they have eight legs. This is funny. <laughs> I don't know. I think they have eight legs, but I'm not looking that shit up because it's midnight and I'm not trying to get the spooky ookies before I go to bed at 4 a.m. <laughs> Coming into view were three scorpion horses with three men atop them. Men being relative description of the hunks of villainous dog vomit that haunted these wastelands and tortured, stole, or pillaged their way through anyone that had something that they wanted. Well, if it isn't Scrabble's Dant, said a red ant man who was the apparent leader. Scrabble's, huh? Can I buy a vowel? <laughs> <laughs> His lackeys laughed a forced laugh at his joke. One he probably was thinking about the whole ride out to the spot and hopes of meeting up with Scrabbles <laughs> so we could burn him so fucking good. If that burn didn't bleach Scrabbles' carapace, the sun's would. <laughs> That's not how you play the famous Milton Bradley board game Scrabble, Dan said, spinning yet again into the hot sands. You'd know that if you could read Red Ricks, Dan Fuck. continued. Red Ricks, the leader of Red Ricks's Rowdy Raiders and the vice president of the Southern Waste Scholastic Book Fair, squinted at the words from Dant. Squinted as the words from Dant burned his ego like the hot suns were burning his red ant skin. Sure, let's just say they have skin. <laughs> you came all the way to die in the middle of this godforsaken shit pit, Rick said with a smile. We could read. Snorted a warthog guy lackey. Rick's turned slowly around. We've moved past that, Sniffy! Rick shouted back. Sniffy. Oh, Sniffy, you slow person. Sniffy Scorpahorse shuffled backwards as if it knew how much of an embarrassing idiot Sniffy was. <laughs> Sniffy would later cry himself to sleep knowing that he told a bald-faced lie about reading. He could read writing just about as well as he could read a room or read a social situation <laughs> and know when to not be a complete fucking liability in every sense of the word. <laughs> Why 
can't you be more like Dink over here? Rick said, scolding Snifty. Dink, the other lackey, sat atop his scorpio horse, picking his cobalt nose, giggling. <laughs> Dink probably had severe brain damage from the many years of fighting and falling off his horse. If you look at an MRI of Dink's brain, it'd look like a delicious wedge of cheese from Tom and Jerry from a Tom and Jerry cartoon that was double teamed by Rich and Jeff's TRGWs after the cheese, who was also somehow Rich and Jeff's stepsister, got stuck in a dryer and couldn't get out with sex, or so I'm led to believe is what happens in pornos. Paranos? Am I saying it right? I don't really know anything about them. Rich and I are also stepbrothers somehow, so it's yeah. fine. It's yeah. fine. Don't, it's, don't try and figure yeah. out how the family works. It's fine. Like a, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We we family in the same way that Toretto's a family. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this over with. Dan interrupted. Just in time for you to forget. I totally don't watch porn. <laughs> You will try, Rick said, all cool like Anakin did in that movie. Anakin Skywalker's big day out. <laughs> what a one weird day with Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> big trouble and little Tatooine. Scrabble's Dent dismounted Penelope and grabbed for his for the repeating single-shot magical blunderbuster at his side while also unsheathing a jagged ebony broadsword from his back sheath. The darkness of the blade sucked in light and was probably symbolic of Dan's blackened, burnt, twisted hatred for the red ant colony. It was like if Vanta Black had a baby with your mom's cavernous crotch cave and made some sort of black void of abyssal horror that would allow you to exit, not enter how much you screamed and pleaded. Wow. <laughs> this is getting pretty sexy. I'll, I'll be a good boy this time, cave mommy. Just let me out. I have a fa- I have a fantasy orcs ball draft to get to. It's important. It's like D and G. It's like D and D for jock kids. <laughs> it really is. It is. It's the same shit. It's, it's just same. numbers, right? <laughs> You're one cockus. You're one cockies and stupid queef of a queen. Rick said, laughing. <laughs> With a hee he kicked the side of his scorpion horse, and the three Rick's raiders all encircled Dan. I'll dig your grave as shallow as your honor, Dan said with a smirk. Wow. Get him, boys! Rick shouted. <laughs> Snifty shot a blazing hot firebolt from his crossbow. With a jerk of his wrist, Dan blocked the bolt with his ebony sword. Its clang was dulled by the cold ebony metal. In one motion, he spun and aimed his blunderbuster right at Rick's stupid antenna-sucking face. <laughs> but before he could get a clean shot, Dig's scorpion horse was rearing up and blocking his view. Dant rolled underneath the scorpion horse as it slammed down to the sands with a thud. Penelope, for her part, was already grappling with Dink and his scorpion horse. She, she and the other scorpion were using their tails to gauge and prod for an opening. Dant used this to opportunity to find Snifty. With a giant leap, he launched himself onto Snifty's steed. Snifty snorted and screamed as he tried to buck Dan off. With a single blow... Dant used his pommel of uh, his pommel to, of the sword to brain Snifty. Then, his pi- then he pistol whipped the pig man like all pig men should be pistol whipped. <laughs> <laughs> fell- Sorry to all the pig men listening. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You can read between the lines on that one. <laughs> Snifty fell from the scorpion horse with a thud onto the sand. Penelope quickly chittered over and with one hoist of her claw picked up the piglet. With a scream, Snifty grabbed her at her giant claws. 
then slowly clasped together, and with a final gurgle, the two halves of Snifty fell to the ground. My only regret is I never learned how to read, were his last words. <laughs> as his blood watered the dry sand. Jesus, how did, how did he fall asleep crying about this fact if he's dead? Look, here's the thing. Is he? <laughs> Also, also, also shut the hell up, Jeff. Also, multiverse theory. <laughs> Look it up, Jeff. <laughs> Rick's had pulled out two blunderbusters <laughs> and was shooting magical bolts of energy at a sixth grade level. <laughs> Dant rolled and twisted like he was playing a Souls game. Each shot missing him until snap. <laughs> That was for me. (laughs) A bolt landed right onto his muscly ant arm. Green ooze gurgled out of the wound, but Dant didn't make a sound. He saw the blood and rage filled his eyes. Rix's scorpion was towering over him and was towering over him, screaming and raising its claws. With a swift downward motion, the scorpion horse slammed down one claw, just missing Dant, while the other one landed where Dant had dodged to. Dant grabbed the claws with both arms. Pain and agony shot through his left arm where he had been wounded. He could feel the green ooze slurping out of it. He gritted his mandibles and used all of his ant strength as Dragon Lady by Cribs and Glory. <laughs> I was listening to that when I was writing this. <laughs> time to die, time to die, Scrabbles, Dan, Rick said with a smile. As the music swelled and the singer began that one super cool reverberated scream, Dant summoned all of his strength and pried open the claws, ripping the claws from the arm. He, he then swung the serrated giant claw half around and around and let it fly. The last thing Rick saw was a dope-ass claw flying through the air that severed his head from his thorax. Whoa. Ah, my fucking shit! Ah, my fucking head and thorax! <laughs> Rick's, Rick's head said as it hit the ground, Scrabbles, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll make it up to you. Here, I have gold. Rick's decapitated head kept talking because bugs, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. As he said this, his now headless body pulled a large gold bar out of his satchel and handed it to Dant and then shrugged. I'll, I'll put in a good word for you with the queen, Rick's pleaded. This did not please Scrabbles. <laughs> the only thing I want from your queen is her slow and painful death at the hands of my, uh, hands, Dan said all <laughs> cool like. <laughs> you'll never find our colony, and you'll never free the black ants, Rick said with a cough and a laugh. Dant whistled, and Penelope skittered over to him. The headless body of Rick's turned to see a giant scorpion horse leaning over. It shrugged, it shrugged its shoulders down in acceptance, as Rick said only, "Ah, rat farts." <laughs> then, with one bite, Penelope devoured the body, leaving only Rick's uh, chattery, obnoxious head. "You'll never find it!" Rick's kept shouting as Dant mounted Penelope. He looked over to see Dink still picking his nose and giggling. <laughs> Dant shot him a look. Nah, dude, I'm cool. I'm fuck. I'm fucking out of here. Dink said <laughs> as he pulled a crossbow from his back and shot himself. That <laughs> <laughs> takes care of that guy. Dant was <laughs> totally forgot he was there, but I fixed it. 
tent whistled, <laughs> and, this, and the remaining Scorpa horses followed in a line to hide their numbers. Nice. That's how they do it. That's how the That's real how Scorpa horses do it. Yeah, That's right, Penelope, he said, panning her. We're headed to Boobalon. <laughs> oh, shit. Boobalon lay ahead in the soft glow of dusk. A giant ancient city whose walls were so high that they made your mother's gargantuan vaginal walls look like the look like the wall of Hadrian. Look it up. <laughs> the city itself was rectangular, and over the top of the city was a massive bridged walkway where troops and lookouts where troops and lookouts used to uh, do troop stuff and look out. <laughs> now the city was run by merchants and the wealthy. Dant thought the whole city looked like a giant picnic basket, which he then thought was stereotypical of him, but it was okay because he himself was an ant man. <laughs> in fact, some say catman of the In fact, some say catman of the desert built the city and abandoned it. Others say giants went out for a picnic one day and left their basket behind where it became the foundation of an ancient civilization. <laughs> Yet others say aliens built it. I think we can all agree that the latter are absolutely correct. No further questions. Case closed. <laughs> Jeff. I, I'll agree to it. As Dant and his train of scorpion horses rolled into the city, he could only smell the scent of exotic spices. Cardamom and saffron mingled with the stench of rot gut liquor and, and the glitter of giggle dirt in the air. This place made <laughs> Vice City look like Nice City. <laughs> Dear God. That's a video game reference. I filled my quota for the year and we just got it in, folks. Thank you very much. Well done. Well done. See you next week. <laughs> Dan sold the three extra Scorpio horses, but but put Penelope in the poshest corral he could find. She'd have a mani petty and come back later with her claws painted up like a hoopty from a sick Brazilian rap video. <laughs> <laughs> Dan looked to see a sign. The bog hole, he said with a humph. Sounds familiar, he said to himself. As he walked into the saloon, the crowd was already rowdy. On the bar, a th- on the bar, some three-titted goblin was coyote uglying as patrons threw various <laughs> treasures and precious metals. A troll was doing karaoke in the corner and doing a pretty good rendition of "Forgot About Dreg," a classic from the late 6990s. <laughs> various beings were doing dirty dancing moves, which were now just called dance moves. Because I don't know if you know this, but humans have been dancing like that for as long as there were both humans and dancing. Putting your junk <laughs> up another person's booty and touching them is pretty much the first thing we did to have fun. So quit clutching your your pearls, baby, and get back in your corner where you belong, you prude cracker honky toddler. <laughs> She's all like, oh my god, they're dancing. <laughs> get fucked. Dan rolled up to the bar and tugged on the bartender's tunic to get his attention. You want a fungus froth, he said to Dan. Best in the city. (laughs) Dan just shook his head. I'm looking for information, Dan said curtly. If you want info, you're going to have to buy something, pal, the bartender said, pointing to the already poured mug of frothy ale. Dan smiled politely and nodded. Sure, pal, he said, grabbing the mug and throwing down a chit of silver. 
The bog hole, Dan said to the bartender. There's a bog hole down near the southern tower, he went on. Yeah, we're a franchise, the bartender said, half paying attention. What, you think just because we're a godsforsaken wasteland full of backward inbred homunculi people, we don't have franchises? You think West Virginia doesn't have McDonald's? You think Plymouth, England doesn't have meat boxes or whatever the fuck those weirdos eat over there? No one's going to get that reference at all. <laughs> It's just for us. Fucking no-scoped both of us. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Notice I left out my place. <laughs> Dan slipped his ale gently and raised his eyebrows like Keenan from Good Burger. <laughs> I'm doing it. You can hear it. I'm doing it. You think they don't have Good Burgers in <laughs> Philadelphia? <laughs> Is that all you wanted to know, Ant-Man, said the bartender. Dan threw down a gold bar and turned it over. I actually want to know if you know anything about this, Dan said, pointing to two symbols branded onto the gold. One was the tribal symbol of the red ant colony, an ant head throwing up the devil horns. (laughs) The other was a mysterious, ancient-looking symbol. That's red ant gold, the bartender said, giving only a cursory glance. A lot of that stuff coming through Boobalon these days. <laughs> Any idea where I could find the colony? Dan said as gently as possible. The bartender scoffed. Look, pal, if it doesn't take a genius to see that you, a black ant, ain't want nothing to do with that place. Even Helen or Keller could see that you going there would be a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> but hell. no. But no. I don't know where the colony is. He finished and began wiping up the shelf behind him. Dan threw down another couple of chits of silver and a gem the size of your mother's engorged clitoris. Jesus. <laughs> damn. Who wrote this? <laughs> How about now, Dan said. Pally guy, I still don't know, guy friend pal, he said, looking over his shoulder at a new pile of loot. Dan reached into his pack and pulled out an original copy of the Constitution. And that one stamp... (laughs) And that one stamp with the airplane that's upside down, he threw it on the pile. Now, Dan asks, friend amigo chief dude friend guy, I still don't know, the bartender said, pocketing the loot. Dan once more reached into his loot sack and pulled out the Maltese Falcon, a Babe Ruth rookie card in mint condition rated at 9.9, a Black Lotus, the card, not the actual plant that grows everywhere in Darnos, a monkey's paw with two wishes left, and a chocolate cupcake that was said to be magical. If you ate it, it would only regenerate itself so you had infinite chocolate cupcakes. Wow. It's like every day is your birthday if you enjoy your birthday. I myself don't care for the day, as I was brought into this living hell void where I now have to, where I have no choice but to partake in an asinine game of existence that leaves most people soulless and dead inside before the age of forty-five. Yeah. Anyway, by the way, it's my birthday in three weeks. <laughs> Can we get a button that we press called the "too real" button for when a story gets too yeah. real? It's like the Debbie Downer noise. <laughs> <laughs> I may have heard a rumor, the bartender said as he pocketed the remaining loot and leaned in to whisper to, to dance antenna. Pss, 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 he said as the camera craned up and the three-titted goblin was still going at it on the bar. <laughs> 
Dan could see the stars more clearly than he had been able to in months. The two badonkalicious moons of Daranos were in their new moon phase. The tiny slivers of light they gave off let the stars behind them shine through. Dan could see purple and red and even some gold in the cosmos above. Stay here, Penny, he said to his steed. She tittered in agreement. Dan reached into his satchel and pulled out a telescoping viewfinder. He clicked the handle and images of various things appeared. One was Grover from Sesame Street. Another was T-Rex fighting a Stegosaurus. (laughs) Finally, he reached the panel that allowed him to zoom in magically over great distance. (laughs) In the distance, he saw two red ants with spears guarding nothing. There was nothing around them. Only a small hill that looked exactly like every other fucking sand dune in this shit piss and jizz hole of a desert. <laughs> How am I going to get close without them seeing me? Dan thought to himself. He disappointedly dropped the viewmaster from his eyes and looked at Penelope with a sigh. She was printing herself with her done-up painted claws, red and orange flames with peace signs, and for some reason a Volkswagen symbol? Did somebody think that was a peace sign? I can see how maybe that would be confusing, but trust me, the origins of that particular phone car company are anything but peace-related. Yep. Look that one up. (laughs) Yeah, that and Hadrian's Wall. Mm. Wait, Dan said aloud. Penelope, you genius, he said, running over to her and kissing her on the head. She chittered in happiness. Dan confidently walked toward the two guards, being mindful of what one troll... (laughs) Being mindful of what one troll jester said during his comedy set at the Laughing Stocks Club. (laughs) Red ants be all like, huh, huh. (laughs) Well, black ants be all like, hey, hey, he said to himself quietly. Who goes there? <laughs> said Red Ant Guard Number One. Dant looked up from under his wide-brimmed hat, <laughs> and and the guards only saw another Red Ant. Dant had used the claw polish from Penelope to go full-blown red face. Now, oh, no. now, now, oh, before, no. before you start to write your angry emails and tweets. Remember that these are ants, and any symbology associated to red in terms of races here on Earth doesn't translate to Theranos. Plus, believe me, these red-ass motherfuckers have it coming. Send all of your hate mail to richmasters at gmail.com. Yeah, not cool to enough to have that one. Meatbox at england.com. <laughs> Hello, fellow red ant, Stan said with his boringest accent. Pleasant (laughs) night out, isn't it? What's with all the no rain, am I right? He finished with a sensible chortle. Oh, another red ant, said red ant car number two. Well, go right in, sir. Us red ants gotta stick together, am I right? Not like those black ants. You know how they are, am am I right, fellow red anters? Oh my god. Dan suppressed his rage and and laughed fakely. I know that is correct, my red carapace brethren, Dan said with a tinge of vomit stinging his throat. With that, Dan entered a secret entrance as a stone door closed behind him to look just like the sand dune. Outside, he could hear the guards still laughing. Hey! We should make a red. We should make red hats that say MAGA on them. Guard two continued. Oh, make God. ants great and all red. <laughs> yeah, that's too many words. Magar. 
That's too many words. And what if we just had a symbol like something instantly recognizable? Like maybe it has like six. No, four arms coming out of a center point. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just spitballing here. Nothing set in stone, the guard went on. Wow. <laughs> Their the, racist voices faded oh out as God. Dan descended into the crowd. Those that, red ants are going to get the trains running on time. And that <laughs> ant's name was Antolf Hitler. <laughs> no. Just wait. Just wait, Rich. That's the sound of a story not being finished, Rich. <laughs> Man, there's that tone again. <laughs> The air grew stale and the humidity rose to tropical levels as Dant slowly and stealthily made his way down into the red hell. He could hear the clang of tools and the shouts of men. Uh, he ducked behind a stalactite and peered down into a pit of molten fire and heat. There he saw his kin, black ants, all being used as forced labor for the red ants. The sight, even though he had told himself he was ready to see it and knew what was happening here, still infuriated him. There were no... There were no curses to the tongues of men nor ant-men that described the rage he felt inside of his thorax. He gripped the grip of his blunderbuster and thought about just going full-blown rage monster right here and there. And he'd be justified in doing so. Every single red-ass motherfucker in this place needed to bleed and pay for this. He'd kill them all. No, he thought to himself and released his white-knuckled grip on his, on his gun. You can't help them if you're dead. Get back to work, you useless kaput bleistift pina, said a guard, oh, red ant, no. as, <laughs> as he slapped a young black ant who was lifting up a large rock. The worker ant flinched but took the hit. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw a glistening black compound eye. Dant ducked back down. The worker ant went on with his work, not giving anything away. Dant moved closer and waited until the shift whistle blew like in the old-timey cartoons. He imagined the whistle even did that, like, scream animation, like it was actually yelling. Focus, Scrabbles, he thought to himself. <laughs> the black ant worker, the black worker ant moved into a room carrying a sack which looked heavy. Kind of like my sack isn't after your sweet mama drains all the white gold from it after you go to bed and listen to your zoo books or Pokemans or whatever your kids are into. <laughs> the worker ant dropped the sack with a thud. He stretched his back and spread his arms wide. Guards at the door looked on as another guard picked up the sack and moved it. Dan slowly skulked into the room. It was dark enough for him to blend in. The worker ant let out an over-exaggerated yawn and dropped his pickaxe. Ah, my bad, guys. So much work to do, you know. He said he knelt down to pick up his axe. With this, Dant unsheathed his broadsword and cleaved a red ant in twain, his right half sliding stickily downward as gravity overtook his internal organs' viscosity, his left side still standing there, spurting green goo and blork every which way. Oh, fuck shit, said another guard as he turned to jab his spear into Dant. Dant dodged, and the guard's thrust was interrupted by a metal spike plunging through his eye socket. Behind him, the worker ant held onto the handle of the pickaxe. The guard who was carrying the sack dropped it in a heap and ran toward the rope alarm to alert his comrades. With one flip of his wrist, Scrabble's Dant quick drew his blaster, and magical bolt of electricity shot forth, hitting the guard on the side of the head. His head exploded in a spray of brains and goo. His Sick. body, his body still lurching 
forward, however, managing to grasp the rope and pull ever so slowly as bells and torches began to light all around. Well, shit my dick, Dan said. <laughs> Scrabbles! I knew it was you, said the worker ant. D'Antonio, Scrabbles, Dan said. <laughs> as he moved to hug the ant, my brother, you, you're here. No time for love, Dr. Dant, D'Antonio said, picking up the spear. <laughs> we need to get out of here. Scrabbles was half listening as he looked around the storage room. All around them were gold bricks from ceiling to floor, rows and rows of gold stamped with the red ant symbol and the mysterious spooky symbol. <laughs> Scrabbles, D'Antonio shouted, getting his brother's attention. We need to leave. Suddenly, a cadre of red minions burst through the door. Hold it right there, said Red Guard number one, who was wearing a red hat that said MAGA, or um. make ants go red again, with a small G. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That doesn't make any sense, D'Antonio said with a frown. <laughs> <laughs> Neither does the existence of your species, said a commander ant from behind uh. them. Wow, that is extremely racist and totally on brand, I guess, but still... Woo, boy, D'Antonio said with a sigh. <laughs> Suddenly, Red Guard One's head exploded in a spray of, in a spray of gloop and slorp. Behind D'Antonio, Scrabble's Dant was pointing his buster gun outward. Enough, said the commander, Ant. We will kill all you. We will kill you all unless you surrender, he said, cracking a riding crop for some reason. Who knows? Probably sex-related. <laughs> <laughs> D'Antonio dropped his spear and looked back at his brother. Dant was still holding his gun defiantly. He would not let this, th these red fucks take him and his brother. He would not let them continue their reign of terror. He would not let them spank him with that sexy riding crop. Unless... <laughs> no. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Dant dropped the gun. As soon as he did, a squad of ants surrounded the intruder and knocked him and his brother to the ground. Dant and D'Antonio cursed and spat at the red ants. Now we shall see what General Antler has to say about this. No. <laughs> Said the commander ant as he wrung his hands together. To be antinued. <laughs> I can't believe you're leaving us on General Antler. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. I think this was my best story I've ever written. <laughs> Uh, I love that story, honestly. It was so like, great. So many just, ant puns. <laughs> I, was I, a, just, I was a really big fan of black ants walked like this. Right. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, I was watching Indiana Jones. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> and I was like, man, I love Indiana Jones. <laughs> Indianta? Just, yeah, oh, I should. I I thought about that, but I was like, I already got an ant guy. Yeah. We're gonna call him that. <laughs> it was very good. That was sick. very good. <laughs> so <laughs> it's the dumbest shit I've ever read. It's the stupidest shit. Uh, you've written. I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> wow, thanks, Jeff. You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that I learned my lesson about. Uh, the the pig guy getting killed. My lesson being <laughs> shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> Wait, what happened? What was the pig guy? I forget already. I oh, deleted. You, at one point in the story, the pig guy later that oh. day was supposed to cry himself to sleep, yeah. but he did get yeah. vivisected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he cried what himself he, to the sleep of oblivion. Yeah. What if he cry, What if he just cuts to him in bed and he's got like a big bandage on his lower half and his. <laughs> His other half is just like resting on his other pillows, like he's sleeping next to himself, and that also has a bandage on it. Okay, I believe it. <laughs> totally believable. Uh, now the story makes a hundred percent sense. Now it's totally like listenable. Now the story is foolproof. I don't know no. how many amp puns there are for you to fill a second part. <laughs> I don't know. You I'm gotta not, believe I mean, it's a challenge. Doing. I do. You gotta I do. believe it. I can't see how he's gonna do it, but he'll do it. <laughs> Trust me. That's a, that's a later me problem. This is the man <laughs> who created General Antler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it sounds really bad, and it kind of is, but also like <laughs> antler is a fine word. Yeah, antler's just a word. That's just a word. Yeah, you d- you didn't go Adolf Hitler. No, you the fact go... that General Antler could be a deer and not an ant yeah. is a really funny deer. possibility for me. <laughs> I mean, he he's not a deer like he's like like your deer mother. He's no. he's evil. He's an yeah. evil deer, <laughs> but he could be a deer. <laughs> Tune in next deer. time to find out. I might not even go back to this one right yeah. away. I'm just gonna like let a bunch of shit hang, man. I don't care. He might not ever care. come back to this one. <laughs> this might be it. This might be this, just the story. Yeah, it's just been cool. Um, yeah. yeah, that was good. I can't wait for part two, but it turns out I might have to. So Yeah, you're going to have to wait. You know how you kill people? I kill stories. Yeah, kill momentum. <laughs> kill momentum, entertainment, whatever you look at it. Right, on that note, we're going to break at the end of part two and we'll be back soon for part three. Uh, apologies, my story is not going to be that good. It, we'll see. Ready. We'll see. We haven't paid a visit to Spooky Vision yet, so I think it's time you change your pantaloons. Uh, got some waterproofs on, just in case. You've got to cry or piss your pants. Waterproofs? What yeah. the hell is a waterproof? Isn't that called a diaper? No. Yeah. Like, do you not <laughs> like have, like, waterproof? Rubber tr- underwear? Right, okay. So it's it rains so much in Plymouth that I have oh a pair God. of waterproof uh, over trousers that I take to work. Because Unless otherwise... Called, uh, waders... Yeah, but I'm not wading through anything. Dude, fucking Ferenginar Rich over here. It the name of so my story much. is... 
the name of my story is Office Job Massacre 2, colon, The Long and Winding Chode, a.k.a. <laughs> Jeff Couldn't Think of a Title, dash part one of six, guest starring <laughs> Weena Mercator as the hopping woman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, go. go. No Dev struggled a little bit as he pushed the garage door open, squinting his eyes at the early morning sunlight streaming inside. The birds sang the harmony of dawn, and the distant sounds of cars starting up for their early commute played second chair alongside them. Dev pushed his oversized Coke bottle glasses up the bridge of his nose, ran a hand over his messy high-top fade, and turned around to survey his life's work up until that point. A small sign hung outside the garage door reading, The Dev Room, Computer and Technology Repair a logo which matched the faded stitching below his name on the old dirty mechanics coveralls he wore proudly over a pair of scuffed old red Converse Chuck Taylors. What are they called in England? Uh, Converses. <laughs> no, the coveralls. coveralls. Oh, overalls. But overalls are what Mario wears. Uh, what is it called? Or you call those dungarees, don't you? Yeah, over one of them overalls has are dungarees and, and yeah. coveralls are overalls. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> Too. I don't know. Cling film. Torches. I mean, I mean Get- man, we, we had a civilization before you guys did, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean... Did you? <laughs> I mean... I mean, you've been riding that Magna Carta shit for, like, a long time, and, like, guess what? Get a new fucking freedom document, bitch. What, like... Whatever it is that you've got, declaration. The comes, of, declaration the, of being a fucking doofus. The comes to pen. Oh, fucking goddess. <laughs> The garage itself was filled with every type of old technology you could imagine. CRT monitors, mechanical keyboards, Furbies with the face missing, but somehow it's less off-putting that way? You name it. He had it on a shelf or table, along with a cash register and a litany of small tools splayed out next to it. You said you got a job interview today, didn't you? A deep, croaky voice interrupted his inventory. Dev turned around to see his mountain of a father standing in the doorway into the house at the back of the garage. Abject disappointment and judgment written across his weathered features almost as heavily as his 1980s The Whispers Ass mustache he refused to get rid of. It was Dev's dad, Devlin Durwood Jr. God damn it, this is so much like my life, I hate it. Of course, big daddy-o, Dev squeaked out in return, patting the dust off the front of his coveralls with a wide grin. It's a fourth interview with the super-secret science organization Gestalt. Oh, Oh, no. I hacked into their database last month, and they jumped at the opportunity to work with me. If all goes according to my big brain plan, I'll be a super scientist slash cryptozoologist by the end of the day. (laughs) And I'll still have time to watch the newest episode of My Little Sister Can't Be This Cute on Crunchyroll. Not a sponsor, but it could be. Oh my god. Dev's dad just stared, a deep blankness in his eyes that not only gave away the fact that he had no clue what the fuck his son was talking about, (laughs) but even more so the fact that he would never give a flying fuck about any of it. I agree with this boomer now. Fuck this story. (laughs) He sighed the heaving, resigned sigh of a man who had given up on his dreams because his son was a disgusting fucking dweebus. (laughs) 
he walked past Dev towards his SUV parked outside the garage because his son had filled his garage up with stupid nerd computer horse shit that would make certain he never gets laid, let alone ever moves the fuck out of his house, even though he's 23 fucking years old now. Oh, wow. That's computers. I'm losing sympathy a little bit. Uh, I'm going back toward the dev. Yeah, I'm going toward uh, dev again. Uh, maybe a history lesson is in order here. <laughs> Devlin Durwood was an all-star football player, a running back for the Buffalo Bills for seven straight seasons in the 1960s. He was a force of nature on the field, nicknamed the Stampede because of his ability to destroy defensive lines single-handedly. He was hailed as a pioneer for African Americans in the sport, as well as in American society in general for his pro-black community leadership. This will make sense for the rest of the story in a second. Just hold the fuck on. Jesus, right. this is important. We didn't, him, we didn't even say anything. We were just thinking it. Hold on! <laughs> we thought it. Devlin Durwood Jr., nicknamed Big Devil, played for the Buffalo Bills in the 90s as a tight end and lived up to his nickname with the fear he incited in the hearts of every other team that stepped onto the field with him. The Durwood name was a legacy now, a sign of the quality of a man on the field and in real life. On the other hand, Devlin Durwood III, nicknamed Dev, was a tiny fucking virgin nerd that barely broke 100 pounds at 5'4 at age 23. Instead, as far as his dad was concerned, he had destroyed the family legacy so he could stick his dick into CD trays or whatever and brag about his ability to mega bite and mega blow at everything that actually mattered in life. Wow, yeah, man. That is a disappointment. I'm proud. Also, they're rich, so fucking who cares? <laughs> I'm proud of you, dear, and so is your father, right, Devlin? Another voice broke the tense silence between disgruntled father and oblivious son. As always, it was Dev's mother, Casey Devlin, playing bridge mender in the family. This time standing in the doorway in her robe and sipping a cup of coffee while staring daggers at her husband. <laughs> Maybe if he could throw a fucking football further than my dick, Dev's father grumbled Damn. under his breath. Two inches? That's far. <laughs> Opening his side door, sliding in quickly, then slamming it closed behind him before he had to hear any more guff. The SUV <laughs> was started... The SUV was started, pulled out, and gone before anyone else could fit in another word. A skill that's developed that's after <laughs> years of practice on his yep. part. Yep. A baby could throw a football further, Casey muttered, then turned back to look at Dev, who was packing up a satchel with some tools and bric-a-brac, completely unaware of his dad's open disdain. <laughs> oh, man, must be nice. You got everything you need there, honey? Oh, don't worry about me. You know my slogan. Always be prepared. For ghouls! He thrust his index finger into the air with those last words, the force of motion causing his gigantic glasses to fumble on his face. <laughs> mm-hmm. His mom muttered matter-of-factly, walking back into the house. <laughs> I only dropped him a couple times as a baby. They couldn't even press charges about it. He's probably fine. He's probably fine. Damn. <laughs> You see, the Dev Room repair shop was all just a front for Dev's one true love, monster hunting. Ever <laughs> since he was little, and he first ran the equations, statistics, and probabilities using his prodigious intellect and near endless amount of free time with not a single friend to his name, Dev had found one thing to be absolutely true over all others. There were cryptids roaming the dark corners of this world, and he was going to be the one to prove it once and for all. 
And ever since that day, barring a few years he spent self-abusing in the downstairs bathroom after he discovered what a titty was, he devoted every waking moment of his life to that cause. Wow. The most infamous cryptid, the titty. <laughs> the cryptid. Nice. That's better than the rest of my story. The end. Uh, see you next week, dorks. Deb threw a leg over his lime green Vespa scooter, revved at the life with a sound like a lawnmower barely functioning, <laughs> thank you to my neighbors for the foley work, and then threw it into high gear, which in the Vespa's case was drive. <laughs> he took off down the street. It was going to be a long drive, especially at 20 miles per hour, but he was wearing his favorite bike helmet, had his favorite math rap tunes blaring in his headphones, and had packed seven different flavors of Capri Sun. Wow. Jesus! He was ready for the long haul to reach his destination, Whitesville, Connecticut. No, no, no Whitesville! The sun was hanging low in the sky, dipping towards its inevitable deep embrace in the horizon by the time Dev had arrived at city limits, his little Vespa putt-putting up the turnoff into town and then down Main Street. It was a weird place for a super-secret science organization to be setting up shop, he couldn't help but take note. On every porch, out in every lawn, was the staring face of some yokel local with judgment <laughs> read across their features heavy. But Dev was mostly unmoved by the expression these days, having lived with his father every day for his entire life, so he putt-putted onwards. Halfway down Main Street, he turned into the driveway of a single-family ranch home with wide-open windows shaded in heavy curtains with a large sedan parked in the driveway. Hmm. He stared at the seemingly normal front door for a long time before he made the short hike over to it. Ding-dong! The, the standard suburban doorbell rang out into the cavernous darkness of the house beyond the bland front door, marked with buffed gold numerals stating it as 111 Main Street. There was something off-putting about the mundanity of it all, but Dev couldn't put his finger on it. There was a long pause, thankfully long enough for Dev to catch his breath from the walk-up. These front <laughs> yards in this town were no joke. It reminds... <laughs> It reminded him of his, dar of his dark days of wee fit. Days he'd sooner forget entirely. <laughs> the front door swung open, revealing a gigantic white man with a tightly shaved blonde crew cut, wearing what could barely pass for undercover cop clothing, and that awkward-ass way people wore civvies after spending their entire lives yeah. in uniforms. Yeah. The behemoth of a honky glared down at Dev with daggers <laughs> in his bland gray eyes, his thick jaw sinking in a heavy-lined frown. I'm here to save the whole company, bucko! Dev sped out with a massive grin and offered a handshake to the large man. Welcome, Mr. Durwood. We've been expecting you. Come in. The gigantic mm, man die. ignored his greeting and instead took a step to the side out of the doorway. He motioned Dev in, who obliged without even a wisp of sense of the danger he was currently in. A huge yeah. smile on his pockmarked features. <laughs> Idiot. Well, don't mind if I diddly do, Dev squeaked out. <laughs> oh my god. Shoving Dev. his... <laughs> die. Shoving his hands into his coverall pockets and rocking back and forth on his heels as he looked around the living room he now stood within. <laughs> He barely took stock of the fact that every piece of furniture and household appliance in the place looked stock new and yet still had a thin covering of dust all over it. 
Maybe that's how secret geniuses fuck around. Who knows? That's how I do it. A lot of his stuff had a thin covering of Cheeto dust, after all. (laughs) I thought that was going somewhere else. Wink. The gigantic man shut the door and eyeballed the tiny man warily. I gotta admit, when they told me you were just gonna show up and walk in for me to take you out, I was kind of apprehensive. But I guess you really don't know what the hell's going on here, do you? (laughs) Of course I do, sir. I'm here for my fourth interview to join Gestalt. Dev beamed with pride, pushing his thick glasses back up the bridge of his nose with his index finger. Interview? The large man scratched at the back of his head and glanced around the room for a moment before laying his eyes back on Dev again. Wait, you did three interviews before this? With with Gestalt? He sounded incredulous, but mostly confused. <laughs> That's right, General. I hacked into the experimental database your code monkeys tossed together out of sticks and stones between banana breaks and found <laughs> out about your secret scientific experiments with the human genome. That was test one. Dev smirked with a classic, overconfident dweeb smirk. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, it's Colonel. Colonel Hawk. And, uh, yeah, I I know about that. That's why they invited you here for me to wring your neck and whatnot. (laughs) Yeah, so that was interview one, and then I... Pardon me, wring my neck? Dev interrupted himself. Go on, go on. What was interview number two, then? (laughs) We're always on the lookout for actual good candidates, Hawk urged him on. Uh, For the second, I downloaded a bunch of your hyper-encrypted files on a bunch of cryptids and perused them at my leisure, (laughs) Dev chuckled. God. Then shook his head. Amateur work, really. You didn't even have Bigfoot in there. The ape or the monster truck. (laughs) Shameful rookie mistake. Hawk nodded towards the kitchen, but when Dev looked at where he was looking, no one was there. So he just continued. Anyway, for my third and final act, I sent a mass email to everyone in your HR department with proof of what I'd done, my resume complete with home address, and a photo of me as Indiana Jones from Steel City Comic Con (laughs) last year. I was a shoo-in to get called in to join as a super-secret cryptid scientist looking that dapper. He snort-laughed for a couple of seconds while Hulk tried not to look him directly in the eyes because of the intense second-hand embarrassment he felt. (laughs) Look, kid, I'm going to level with you. We didn't bring you in here for another interview. We brought you in here to tie up loose ends, if you get me. Like tying up your corpse in a corpse bag and tossing it into a shallow grave, if you feel me. A corpse bag? Like murdering you, if you catch my drift. To death. Could, oh. just, could just imagine him staring blankly at Hawk while he's saying that. Well, well, that's less than what I was hoping for, Dev said uncomfortably, tugging at his white t-shirt collar beneath the flaps of his coveralls. Could I at least get an internship instead? Well, we're always looking for new henchmen. You ever henched before? Hawk asked matter-of-factly, <laughs> waving his hand in a circular motion in the air towards the kitchen. Four men in hazmat suits, carrying buckets marked hazardous cleaning materials mm. and carrying long poles tipped with sponges filed out of the kitchen, having been completely <laughs> unseen before and out the front door, each of them <laughs> nodding politely to Hawk as they passed him. <laughs> Dev watched them silently, a single trickle of sweat running down the side of his face. I I I could hench. (laughs) (laughs) 
You seem like a smart kid. You figured out all that tech mumbo-jumbo. Maybe you could be one of the technician nerds that do whatever the hell it is that type of person does for us. Not touch a tit, I imagine. <laughs> uh, but probably something useful, too. You into that kind of thing? I would love to touch a tit if that's on the table, Dev said much more energetically, as if the imminent horrific danger he just realized he was in melted away the instant there was even the slightest chance he could cop a fill. I'm going to be honest, I don't remember what you said before that. You'll be a technician, fine. Hawk stood up to his full height once more, scratching at the bottom of his jaw right where his neck met his chin. Dev hadn't noticed before that there was a strange liquid slowly oozing out of what seemed to be a sewing seam in his skin there. Mm. The realization sent a shudder through him that froze him solid in that moment. Gestalt isn't a cryptozoology organization, kid. We're working on the next evolution of humanity. The next step in existence itself. We do whatever needs to be done to assure that humans won't have to stay frail and short-lived forever. This organization isn't a job. It's a calling from God himself. Huh. Hawk knelt down and placed a hand on Dev's shoulders, the two of them being eye-to-eye for the first time since their little meeting began. Dev couldn't help but notice that the larger man's pupils seemed quite thin and jagged this close-up. He's got lizard eyes. Or the, cricket eyes. The revelation, the revelation did nothing to calm his growing fear or coax him to speak again. Uh, whatever. Hawk stood back up and dusted his tucked-in polo shirt off, then motioned towards the door. I've got another job to go to, an experiment I'm supposed to oversee after I, uh, well, you know what I was supposed to do. But anyway, you can ride along and get some experience under your belt before we sign the checks. <laughs> Dev immediately popped back into the conversation. Checks? Oh yeah, I'm still gonna get paid for all this, aren't I? <laughs> Well, yeah, we're not monsters, Hawk chuckled. <laughs> Prodigious! I can finally move out of my parents' house and take as long of a shower as I want without anyone accusing me of trying to suck my own dick in the tub! Dev fist bumped in the air. Can we... Can we just leave? Hawk asked with tension in his features. My car's parked outside. Gaston could help you with that rib removal. That's true. Yeah. That's what Marilyn Manson did. That's what he did. <laughs> he went to Dev, walked outside, <laughs> Dev walked outside into the dawn of the golden hour, squinting against the sun as it slowly slid towards its rest bed once more. Hawk shut the door behind them and didn't even bother locking it. He ushered the small man down the driveway to the large sedan parked near the street. Uh, look, don't kill me or anything for being curious, but where did my Vespa go? I've only got two payments left on that baby until she's finally mine and all the sexy chicas that come with it, Dev asked. <laughs> uh, Why would owning it make them come out and not... You, that has you to know. be it, right? Or otherwise they'd be all over him already. Yeah. We had a hench pick it up and take it to the next location we're stopping at. You might end up doing some of that kind of work. It's gopher stuff. Hawk stood by the driver's side door and looked thoughtful for a moment. You know how to dissolve a body by any chance? <laughs> Pigs. I mean, theoretically? Dev sputtered in return. Up, <laughs> oh, look what blew in from Bozo Town, Hawk interrupted, motioning with a jerk of his gigantic trunk neck across the street <laughs> towards two men walking down the sidewalk adjacent. 
One was a tall young man in a jean jacket with fiery red hair mm-hmm. and angry sunken eyes. And the other was a slovenly short balding man <laughs> who looked like he reeked of cheese. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody else was scheduled to visit. The redhead man, man caught uh, sight of them and uh, staring and threw a hand up in the air, immediately screaming out, Hey! Hey, you two! In their direction. Uh, pretend you're a normal guy, Hawk whispered in a harsh hiss at Dev, <laughs> leaning over the side of the car like the two of them were having a normal conversation over it. Dev placed his hands on his hips, arms akimbo, and bent at the waist like a jaunty Victorian lad who was craving <laughs> berries and cream, the closest approximation to his mind of an average guy pose. Hawk looked physically harmed at the sight of it. <laughs> What the fuck are you looking at? The red-headed man screamed out, <laughs> jogging across the road towards them. Just get in the fucking car, Hawk hissed out hoarsely again, <laughs> yanking the driver's side door open and ducking inside of it quickly. Dev yanked at the door three times before it finally clicked unlocked at the exact moment he wasn't pulling the handle any longer. Oh, God. And he could slide inside and slam the door shut behind him. Hawk threw it into gear and backed up out of the driveway onto the main street, swiveling the car around and positioned it perfectly to drive away, just in time for the red-headed man's fist to slam down harshly into the rattling metal of the car's trunk, causing the entire vehicle to bounce wildly on its shocks. I'm talking to you, you fucking lucky Lou bastards! Get out here and fucking tell me where my brother is! Don't make me come in there! Fucking shit, Hawk yelled out, gunning it as hard as he could and peeling the fuck out away from the ginger lunatic, assaulting his car for having glanced at him. He swung the car around the exit to town and onto the highway, continuing to gun it down the old road outside of town until neither passenger could see the suburb any longer. Who was that? Dev panted, gripping onto the vinyl seat he sat upon to steady himself. Fuck if I know, Hawk muttered. (laughs) Slipping a cigarette out of his polo shirt's breast pocket and sticking it between his lips. He fumbled for the car lighter for a moment before using it to singe the end of his smoke to life. Don't worry about it. Snake will take care of him. Who's Snake? Dev asked blandly. Hawk looked at him for a moment. A snake. (laughs) Hawk looked at him for a moment and then back at the road. Shut the fuck up before I find a locker and stuff you into it like giblets into a turkey's ass, kid. Damn! (laughs) We got a ways to drive and I'm already tired of you. Mm -hmm. After a short drive, Dev was extra confused when there was a police blockade at the city limits of the next town. Some little podunk place called Kirby. But the cops just moved it out of their way and waved them through. They even nodded at Hawk specifically. Dev decided it was best not to ask too many questions. Well, maybe just one. (laughs) You guys know Mothman? (laughs) Hawk didn't even respond. This is like if Jeff was in Gestalt. (laughs) (laughs) Can I be friends with Mothman, please? (laughs) Can I get his autograph? Look, don't tempt me with my dream. (laughs) Eventually, they pulled up to an industrial park a few miles out of town on the other end, a gigantic concrete sign announcing it as Harbury Industrial Park as they drove in. Two black delivery trucks sat parked on either side of the main entrance when they pulled up, and a man in black sunglasses and a baseball cap nodded at Hawk as he passed. Hawk didn't even bother parking, just stopping the car between the two heavy delivery vehicles and stepping out instantly. Dev followed suit, mostly out of fear, but also kind of like an awkward sense of social requirement. 
Mm-hmm. The building is completely secure. All standard communication lines have been severed. The man with the hat and sunglasses whispered to Hawk when the two of them had met up in front of the double doors. Are the civilians still unaware of our presence? Hawk whispered in return. 48 in the building, including the target from the previous office job. All right, inject the fungal spore, Hawk ordered. (laughs) The double doors on the back of one of the delivery trucks exploded open on his command. A half a dozen men in gas masks, bulletproof vests, and combat boots leaping out one after another, carrying silver unmarked tanks on their back with spigot-tipped hoses. Dev took a few steps back in fear of the foot soldiers as they burst through the front doors and began charging into every room on the first floor and up the stairs beyond. The screams inside were horrific, and every muscle in Dev's body burned for him to turn and run. But as if on cue, Hawk's hand gripped tightly onto his shoulder and dragged him a few steps back towards the door. The fungal agent doesn't kill anyone, kid. It seeps into electronics and acts as a viral EMP. No phone calls in or out. No photographs. No messaging. One of the only useful inventions the eggheads in R&D cooked up between diddling their gaping useless assholes with our company money. (laughs) We're securing the building for extraction. Hawk shoved Dev towards the front door hard and pointed in after it. Now go, you had a job to do here too. Dev timidly walked into the building and at the harsh guidance of each shove by Hawk found himself ascending the stairs to the second floor. From his peripheral vision, he could see people being held at gunpoint downstairs, each of them on their knees with their hands behind their heads. The dread within his chest threatened to burst his heart from his cage with how it overwhelmed him, but he kept moving. Finally, the shoving stopped when Dev found himself standing at the entrance to a large cubicle farm, everyone posing much like they were downstairs with guns pointed at them, each person on their knees on the floor. The sound of soft sobbing here and there drove home harshly just how real the situation is. He's over here, a muffled voice called from behind one of the gas masks. Hawk strode across the room, leaving Dev standing by the double doors. Two gas-masked men stood on either side of a heavy-set man on his knees in the middle of the room, their submachine guns trained on either side of his head. He wore a wide-brimmed Stetson hat and a pair of sunglasses. Didn't seem to show much concern for the horrifically dangerous situation he'd found himself in. Well, if it isn't Cowboy Bob, Hawk said (laughs) matter-of-factly, standing over the kneeling cowpoke on the floor. You think you can just walk free as a jaybird after having witnessed a gestalt operation? I reckon I don't much cotton to the question, hombre. Wait, is Cowboy Bob the, from the the one story? Uh, Cowboy Bill was the name of the kid who got killed in the woods. Cowboy the- Cowboy Bob was uh, at the office where office Dumpy Massacre, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay, okay. This, I, I, this is all linking together very well, by the way. I, Thank I, you. I'm picking up on all... This is great. Cowboy Bob returned in his smoky southern drawl, looking up uh, from beneath the brim of his Stetson with revulsion in his eyes at Hawk's very being. I ain't seen nothing out of the ordinary till today. I'm just a standard old office worker cowboy, working my <laughs> working my nine to five on my way to the old dusty trail in the sky we all mosey on off to eventually. <laughs> Bullshit, cowboy Bob! Hawk yelled. 
veins popping from his forehead and neck. You were the only survivor of the second generation chrysalid experiment. And you want to try and tell me that was some huge fucking coincidence? You just happened to leave at just the right time? My son got killed in a camping accident the night before, <laughs> mister. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had to attend to his headless corpse and funerary arrangements and whatnot. <laughs> Classic cowboy things you wouldn't understand. <laughs> Do I have to be here for this? Or Dev finally interjected. Both Hulk and Cowboy Bob just glared at him, causing him to take a step back into silence immediately. I'll give you one last chance to join the right side of history, Cowboy Bob. Hulk returned to his interrogation. Sometimes, hombre. On the outside, I'm rooting and tooting. But on the inside... I'm well aware that I've yeed my last haul. <laughs> oh my god. Cowboy Bob said somberly, hanging his head, but then raised his eyes up above his sunglasses to glare back at Hawk. I we didn't know we were getting Oscar bait today. <laughs> we're gonna have to be one rough and tumble son of a bitch to slap leather with old Cowboy Bob, city slicker. <laughs> slap Holy leather. Shit. Cowboy Jesus. Bob raised up suddenly, slamming his forehead into the gas mask of one of the guards, sending him stumbling back into the copier and dumping paper and plastic trays all over the floor as he fumbled over it. With one quick swing of his leg, the second guard went tumbling to the ground, slamming into it and shattering the glass lenses in his gas mask. Cowboy Bob took off at a run, his hands still tied behind his back with metal manacles, but that didn't slow him down at all. He turned his shoulder towards the giant glass window at the end of the cubicle farm and leapt straight through it. Glass exploded into every direction and Cowboy Bob flew out the window, disappearing over the edge of it as he leapt. There was a moment of silence after, before gunshots began to ring out loudly outside the building. He's escaping on foot! Code 11! I repeat, Code 11! We can't hit him! A voice crackled to life over a radio laying on the ground <laughs> next to the second guard who had been keeping Cowboy Bob in check before. He scrambled to pick it up, but Hawk knelt down and slapped his hand away violently, picking it up himself. I'll handle Cowboy Bob myself. You release subject number two to clean up. We're done Shit. here. Dev, for his part, was cowering behind a cubicle wall, barely peering over the top of it like the world's sissiest Kilroy was here graffiti. <laughs> Holy shit! Hawk turned and pointed a sharp finger at him, the, the man's eyes bloodshot and wide. You! Fuck! Dev screamed out instantly. <laughs> Get down to the basement and retrieve the main server back up. We're torching the rest of it. Prove yourself to Gestalt and you'll be rewarded. He turned to walk away, but stopped and turned back, speaking from between gritted teeth. Fail, Gestalt, and be punished in a manner you cannot even begin to conceive of. Yeah, we're gonna crush your Vespa. Colonel Hawk <laughs> then turned and ran towards the shadowed open window at the other end of the cubicle farm and leapt out of it, disappearing Jesus. over the edge just as Cowboy Bob had before. The sound of a bird screaming out its hunting call in the distance rang out between the buildings of the industrial park. What? Dev ran. Pretty fucking instantly. I'd love to tell you that all of his pee stayed inside of his balls where it belonged. <laughs> but right. shit happens. That's right. In this case, piss happens instead of shit, but only because he went at the gas station before he got to the interview earlier. I gotta get out, I gotta get out, I gotta get out! Dev repeated to himself feverishly, running downstairs past where all the armed guards once were. 
but now they were gone? He was suddenly confused enough to stop running at the bottom of the stairs. All of the office workers were alive, kneeling and standing around panting and frantically trying to explain their situation to one another. Did Gestalt, did Gestalt just leave them as witnesses? The sound of exploding glass, metal, and stone bursting inward answered his questions in a manner he'd never fathomed in this situation. Mm -hmm. Which was ironic, since he devoted his entire life to that exact manner up until this point. <laughs> you see, a monster was running full tilt up the foyer hallway towards him in that moment, proving everything he had ever wanted to believe, but in a way that ruined it all for him in a single moment. Be careful what you piss for. The thing wow. was, and, he, and he did. Mm -hmm. The thing was gigantic and covered in a wet green chitinous armor in segments that grinded against one another as it moved. Two gigantic black orbs of eyes pierced into the dev's very soul with the endless abyss within them. A skittering set of mandibles below it flying open and closed as viscous green liquid ejected from it from every movement. <laughs> it drew its human-like arm back and a long black prehensile blade exploded out of it like a bone dislocating, creating a bloody shining scythe in the open air that it swung from behind like a guillotine. What Pokemon is it? <laughs> it's Pikachu! <laughs> Dev dropped to the floor in a heap, his legs giving out from under him at the exact correct time for the insectoid horror to fly over top of him, its massive body crumbling the metal stairs under its weight and the wall beyond like paper mache. Blood flashed into the air as the beast hacked through human flesh and bone like a thresher through wheat sending body parts flying through the air like the chaff into walls and bouncing nice. against floors amidst the shortcut screams of its victims. Dev crawled along the floor, the massive beast leaping through the walls across one side of the hallway to the other behind him, causing the entire building to shake and collapse in violent bursts in on itself as the very stability of the office began to give way to the bloodbath that Dev could not see with his head down so low against the ground. <laughs> It took him what felt like a lifetime crawling and fumbling across the floor, like a cartoon forest creeper, creature trying to escape a huntsman in a comedic oil slick trap. <laughs> but the oil this time was a bunch of fucked up blood and shit, and Elmer Fudd was Cricket Man instead. You get it. <laughs> We're all on the same page now. Finally, he managed to lay hands on the free-hanging remnants of the front door to the building and shove it aside to charge out into the chilly dusk air. The sun was barely peeking above the horizon now, and the limited light made it hard to see, but he still searched frantically around for any chance of escape he could possibly find. The two delivery trucks, as well as the old sedan Hawk had brought him in, were completely gone. What the fuck? <laughs> but... There, parked across the front parking lot, like a beacon in the cold oncoming night, was his beautiful lime green Vespa, <laughs> keys dangling from the ignition. Some henchmen had brought it along to where they were headed, just like Hawk had said. 
he, what a fucking outfit, man. This place, <laughs> they got their shit together, man. He fumbled over to it, jumped onto it, and frantically tried and failed to start it over and over, the engine just not turning over when he needed it most. The carnage behind him was mounting and mounting louder and louder until finally the entire two-story brick office building came crashing down, sending a massive wave of dust and debris out into the parking lot on top of him, but thankfully most of it collapsed inward on itself. The Vespa finally roared to life, or really just kind of weave-weave to life like a Vespa did. Can you do that and, again? And Dev peered down into the side view mirror with wide, trembling eyes. He could see the shape of the horrific creature, heaving in and out on itself as it breathed heavy from its toil. Its dark black eyes turned towards Dev, but action finally surged in his veins and he yanked back the Vespa to point it away from danger and zoomed off down the road towards safety. Dev had a long ride home to think about what he'd seen to try and fail for so long to calm down and rationalize his experience. By the time he'd arrived back to his parents' house and parked his Vespa, he had mostly regained what composure he had ever had. He stumbled back into the garage he called his repair shop and slumped down into the lawn chair behind the front counter, placing his forehead in his hands. You feel horribly again, son? Dev's dad stood in the doorway to the house, glowering down at his son, wearing his Buffalo Bills branded house robe and matching slippers. <laughs> That's, yep, yep. And holding his fifth or sixth beer of the evening. Oh, man. No, Dad, not this time I didn't. Dev cracked a wide, toothy grin, holding up his cell phone to show his dad what was illuminated on the cracked screen. An entire album folder of photos and videos of Hawk explaining Gestalt, the gas-masked men holding people at gunpoint, and even the horrific cricket monster that had killed everyone inside. You went to a damn monster movie instead of your interview? (laughs) You're never gonna move out, are ya? Dev's dad screamed out, slamming his fist into the banister next to the garage door. Don't be silly, Daddy-O. I bypassed a viral fungus EMP using only standard Android phone technology in order to get video evidence of the existence of real cryptids and the super-secret evil human experimentation organization that makes them. I'm going to be the most famous cryptozoologist the world's ever known. And you're worried about some dumb job interview? (laughs) Dev boasted loudly, holding the phone up even higher for his dad to see and pointing at it with his other hand. We're going to be set for life once I get these photos to crackpot.com. <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. Get the fuck to bed, his dad screamed in return. <laughs> and so he did. The end. Oh my god. Dev will maybe return. <laughs> Dad, who knows? What are you? It's not like he, he did. Doing? It's not like he didn't give Gestalt his home address or yep. anything, <laughs> and a picture of himself as Indiana Jones. They're gonna know who he is for sure. They're gonna definitely go after Harrison Ford. They don't seem like they know <laughs> oh, what they're doing no. sometimes. Gestalt. It's gonna be weird when Harrison Ford really dies mysteriously next week. <laughs> Shit, everyone's gonna be like, oh, "Gestalt." If that really happens, that's that'll be fucked up. That will be super fucked up. <laughs> I'm tying loose ends that weren't loose ends together. Everybody. That was great. Yeah, what were you that talking so about? Not good. enough jokes. You created an Urkel character for your fucking <laughs> spooky vision. I- 
I created a conspiracy theorist Urkel yep. for my show. Dude, Myrtle Smelly is going to get fondled so hard by this. <laughs> <laughs> He'll finally get to see a tit. He's gonna. Oh, he's, he's gonna throw that neck right back. <laughs> <laughs> what the In fuck? ecstasy. <laughs> oh, that was good. Cowboy Bob will return. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was so good. This feels like another episode where we have all thought our stories were shit and all have hideously misjudged them. Yeah, I'm except just for gonna Josh's. say it. No, not Shut except up, for Josh. Josh. Get to bed, Josh. All right, the end. <laughs> you dumb bitch. Hope my Buffalo Bills dad doesn't physically and mentally abuse me some more. Poor Dev. Dev Dev has a lot of confidence for a guy who's never had a friend. <laughs> Dude, you know what? I always say, friends? Who needs them? <laughs> Who needs them to do a podcast with? <laughs> Josh has been fired. <laughs> Editor's note. <laughs> Editor's note, Josh has been fired again. Also, Josh is the editor somehow, so that really yeah. fucked it up. Yeah, he's really self-destructive. <laughs> oh, man, that was oh, great. Oh, man. Yeah. There's, uh, there's some... There's something about this story that I think somebody is going to pick up on compared to a previous story, and it's going to be a revelation, I think. Oh. What? I want to hear revelations. <laughs> Lo, God did some shit. <laughs> Acid rivers and stuff, right? Yeah. I guess. There. It's in there. Yeah, whatever he did. Crickets. Cricket man. <laughs> Bigfoot The stick. real apocalypse ends not with a bang, but with a cricket's chirp. <laughs> Damn. That's the pull quote for Spooky Vision this season. That's, yeah. Dude. I love uh, it. The audience can always do that, though. They can always pick up on things that we don't because we're too busy chuckling like a bunch of monkeys. So, you know. Yeah, people can remember what I do better than me because I delete everything that ever happens in my brain Mm. after we do this. Sometimes people will, will, like, mention something from one of my stories and I'll be like, yeah, I I definitely wrote that. And I remember it. Sounds real to me. We, yeah. we always remember the forty-five minute Star Wars conversation we have after <laughs> the podcast, better than the podcast. That's true. <laughs> I think it's like a survival mechanic. You got it because you have to be alert. Because we're all producing our own side of this, mm-hmm. right? And that's that that there's a lot of brain power. I'll, I'll, I'll say. Yeah, he said convincingly. <laughs> <laughs> I buy it. He said awfully. Wink. <laughs> wink. The non-duplicitous <laughs> wink of... It's the wink to seal the deal, as yeah, we said that's earlier. It. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Just to let you know I mean what I'm saying. Wink. <laughs> wink. <laughs> he means it. It's, it's the wink of truth. It's real to me. Nobody, yeah. nobody, look into the science of how fungus could be an EMP. Like that's no. just well, that's science. Just fiction, believe man. it's just yeah. believe it's real. I yeah. love that. I lo- I thought that was really cool. Like that's a really cool. Like I don't know. It's it's very. It Which, was like, like Borg like. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, like, yeah. Even, like yeah. even if they like the way I want Gestalt to seem is that there's no way to prove that humans had anything to do with what happened. Yeah. Yeah, because like the monster is, destroys yeah. everything as cleanup, and yeah. uh, like the fungal shit is just gonna seem like they had a problem with 
mushrooms. Yeah, it's like place. the it's like the bigger the secret, the more unbelievable it is. Yeah. Right? Like that's true. Like it's per it's like a perfect cover. Like we but, don't know what happened. But by the end of the season, you will understand Gestalt from the bottom to the top. I promise oh, you that. Okay. Like, like my neck, my back, like <laughs> the pussy the and back. my crack. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Oh, Once some of that sweet gus gus <laughs> Oh my god. There's fungus in it. <laughs> uh I I think uh that was great. I think we did a good episode, boys. Thank you. Yeah, it was good. It was it was just like a solid eight. Yeah. Well everyone seems to think we're getting better. So really? yeah. Wow, like, I haven't listened really to the show. Good. So Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a fan of this show. <laughs> I don't listen to this garbage. I have to live where it. The, where the fuck am I? What day is it? Why would I listen to a podcast I already heard live? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That is damn true. Me, me too. <laughs> the only Wait, part I didn't this? hear was my own, and I don't want to hear that shit. Yeah, I don't want to hear me talk. Ugh, have you ever heard me talk? Oh god, I hear you talk yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a lot. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about that. I love it. I love your I voice. Wish I wish I could delete it from your brain. Uh, I would be quite cross with you if you did. Cross? I have like no. Chris cross? I have no horse in this race. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rich Masters coming out saying he does not give a shit about Josh Henderson's voice. I mean, uh, 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 it's a voice. It's the same. Here we go. It, it, you know, the truth comes out. You can't change it. So it's the, you know, it's the it's... voice of my best friend. Is what I think of it as. <laughs> Jeff's winning so far, Rich. I don't know what the hell you're doing. You're I, digging up. You gotta dig up, stupid. Man, I I don't play this uh, one-up magic game. Uh, it's a voice. We've all got voices. Let's just move on, man. Yeah, no, like, I learned a long time ago, like, there's no sense even thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, you just kind of have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah, if you're going to do, like, an audio format, you just yeah. have to be like, eh, it is what it is. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. In and out. That's all right. Yep. Oh, right. In, so, in and out till climax. <laughs> now what do we do? Well, now we close the cover <laughs> on this week's episode. Um, so we... <laughs> Here, let's still not close all the way. Jesus, okay, we need to oil this shit. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh... I don't want to get rat long from sniffing its glue, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so we need to bring out the all-C prompt ball. Oh, it's wubbing, baby. Wow. The first prompt is cryptids. Well, someone's going to do well from that one. Fucking shit. I already did that. That's unfortunate. He did that in every other episode. He does that every week. That's, yep. The next one is. Oh, sorry. That one was by Squid Ludwig. Oh, thank you, Squid Ludwig. Squid uh, Ludwig I, is a uh, long-time commissioner of me, making art. Uh. <laughs> don't felt. don't you felt. fucking Rick and Morty my <laughs> heartfelt statement. I was drinking Gatorade. What's the other one, Rick? The other one is Passages by Anthony Stoker. Mm. Bram Anthony Stoker's yep. Anthony. Bram Anthony Stoker. <laughs> 
So, Bramthony Stoker's Blackula. Cryptids and passageways. Passageways? Passages. 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 So that could be either passages in a book or like passages. Oh. You know, like, like it's a hallway. Oh, he's right. Yeah, you could double up. Double up. Uh, uh. God, I was going to do the same thing. <laughs> same guy. <coughs> Tag team back again. Back again. <laughs> 1994. Uh, big thanks to Vidison uh, for the use of his music. <laughs> I'm just going to go on. Uh, just step on it. It's fine. It's all right. It's good. It's step perfect. on me, Daddy. It's perfect. Uh, so cool. thanks, Vidison, for the use of his music for our theme tune. It's awesome. You can find out everything you want about Greg at vidison.card with two R's.co. Um, now, uh, if you thought passages, cryptids, what sort of ding dongs yeah. are putting these prompts forward? Well, then I love you're... that we insult our patrons. <laughs> <laughs> but if you thought that, I mean, you're wrong. But yeah, if we you, didn't think that. If you yeah. think you no, can that, do you better, you thought that you asshole. Your non-patronizing asshole <laughs> yeah. thought that. If you think that, if you think that they're not good enough, then you need to prove yourself, and you need to become a patron at Story Lords. No, patreon.com pa- yeah. slash storylords. Uh, yeah, it's a website. Patreon.com slash storylords. Yep. And for as little as $5 a month, you can join the Discord, read our stories on 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 Patreon, and suggest prompts. And that, I mean, that's the minimum, the minimum you can do at this time of winter uh, loneliness and cold <laughs> And oh my god, I'm so depressed. <laughs> it's the, it's the minimum Christmas miracle you can give to us is become a patron. Um, Jesus would want you to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the religion guys say it. Je- the televangelists say it. Jesus Why can't I? Jesus wants to be a patron. patron. Jesus yeah. gives said, us five bucks. Money. <laughs> um, if you oh, hu- I was on the second verse. If you huff your uh, family Bible... Uh, then go to Patreon and, uh, you know, put some money down. Lay some money yeah. down. Prove your love to the lords. Yeah, pay your tithes to the lords. Tithe me. Uh, for $10, if you really huff hard, you can get access to <laughs> redesigned... our farts. <laughs> you can get access to Redesigned by Committee, which we should probably do another one and talk about yeah. that maybe when we're finished, uh, where we redesign an existing IP... And do, probably do it better than anyone but Dave Filoni. Yeah. I mean, he'll be a guest on our show and he'll say, oh my God, you guys are so smart. Want to come work on Star Wars? I mean, he's already asked a couple of times. We've said we no, no because of our strict yeah. no guest policy at the moment. But, you know, yeah. maybe yeah, we'll change that. It's definitely a strict policy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, for twenty dollars, like, Star Wars, really? <laughs> All right, we yeah, talk, I mean, like come back when we're talking Star Trek. That's what we told yeah. them. Uh, for twenty dollars, you get all the above: the PDF of our upcoming book early, and create a credit in the book itself whenever we figure out when we're going to do what that. the hell we're doing. Uh, yeah. So, and if you want any other info on the show, you can go to storylords.card.co. But you can also follow us on social medias if you're that way inclined. We're only on the one. Yeah, we are. Aren't Twitter. We? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my space. Seventy-five codes. Yeah, we can Blue, use one Blue of your Sky. codes for Blue Sky. I yeah. feel yeah. like Blue Sky is like empty. 
Well, the thing yeah. is, if no one's using it because they're so entrenched in watching Twitter fall. It's like um, it's fiddler. True. We're all fiddling on the roof while Rome burns. We're all right? fiddlers. Fiddlers on the beaning. <laughs> fiddlers beaning while Nero fiddlers is being. <laughs> But it's Nero from the bad Star Trek oh, movie. Oh, yeah. And he's like, fiddle all the beans! It's uh, <laughs> Mr. Nero from last season of Story Lords. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P., I guess. I don't remember if I killed yeah, him. I, don't I think I did. I think he, he might be dead. <laughs> if he, He's dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just like my Buffalo Bill's father. Uh, I will also put a post on the Patreon uh, asking for new prompts soon because we're running dry. Uh, so uh, look out for that, everyone. Um, I think that's probably it, right? We got anything else we want to talk about before we go and talk about Star Wars for half an hour? No, let's just talk about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Commission me. I'll make yeah. art for you. Go do that. Uh, our, things tend to get a little slow around December yeah. and January mm. for me as a commission artist. So like that if, happens with us too. Like our Patreons are really yeah, slow. It drops. And People drop a lot around this time of the year. So if you, but I gotta buy my family Christmas presents. If you yeah. want to um, support me and say fuck you, these other two guys, then uh, yeah. I also have a Patreon. Uh, it's on my website, jeffpennington.art. Um, Please commission me. I, I need to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it would be yeah. a shame if we lost a co-host to malnourishment. There are uh, people yeah. who are waiting for it, so you might be in luck. <laughs> um, also, I'm going to throw this out there. If you've got any ideas of things you want us to do as sidecasts or anything that you feel would want make you want to up your Patreon pledge, then just let us know. We're open mm-hmm. to most things. Feet pics, especially. Yeah, I'll send I was like, of a probably foot. more things than you think were open. Yeah, so. yeah, I will literally suck uh, anything for money. Yeah. so uh, I'm at that point. Yeah, in my life, if like if there's reasonable things that you want us to do, uh, and you think you'd like to hear wink. done in our voices, wink, wink, uh, wink, then you just let us know, and we'll see if we can make it happen for you, make your dreams come true. Yeah, yeah do you want me to like call your mom as Reese's? I'll do it. <laughs> and that hello mrs wallace it's me reese's oh god he's practicing already who the fuck is this <laughs> reese's the wise click i <laughs> i know your son i know your son bilbo oh daughter i don't know um and that also includes like merchandise ideas if you've got merchandise ideas that you're genuinely excited about putting money down for you need to let us know now the 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 what key- we might do is um, a pre-order thing. Like yeah. I've been looking around to see if there were like any good uh, like printing places here, because mm-hmm. I imagine most of our like people are going to be in America. Yeah. who want any merchandise? If you're not, then fucking take it up with the rich. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. we might do like a pre-order thing where like however many t-shirts I we get paid for up front, we'll like print and ship out to you. Maybe I'll do like a little doodle with them or something. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And then if there is a... Maybe I'll fire um, Josh off the podcast afterwards. Oh, sick. <laughs> if there is a, that's why we've put it off for so long, because we're worried, we're worried that he's going to do something. We we're did the Patreon gonna... immediately, though, so <laughs> we were pretty fearless on that one. Yeah, that's weird how that keeps happening. Um, but, like, if there's, if there's lots of uh, European 
uh, or, you know, I suppose British people because we're not part of Europe anymore because half the population are a bunch of fucking morons, mm-hmm. um, want to order mm-hmm. shirts or anything like that, uh, we could always make it that we order, if we have enough, I could order a, and pay for postage and then send out, you know, That's, like... Like, postage is not going to be cheap. No, This exactly. is boring. These people don't care. <laughs> Look... It's our podcast. They can fucking deal with it. I mean, that is the symbol. That is the alarm for Josh is hungry and wants to start talking about what he's going to have for dinner and pizza. What am I going to have for dinner? I'm having Uh, fried chicken, baby. Josh, you want Taco Bell? Nice. Right, so do all those things. Put that on a shirt. Keep being a fan, and we will see you in two weeks. We We love you. We love you all. Bye-bye. Bye.